Hey everybody, what's going on? This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Pow Pow Media. Pow Pow Media is the premier video and production video marketing resource in the DFW area. They're going to create you some original video content for TV, film, internet distribution, whatever you need. If you're a small business, you need to check these guys out because the e-commerce videos that they make are extremely valuable and second to none in the area. They've been in business since 2000. They've created over 12,000 multimedia projects. They can do drone footage, uh, any kind of promo for an event or any kind of small business or a band, anything like that. I had one made. It's extremely professionally done. They have a really quick turnaround. It looks phenomenal. I love it, and I'll be using them again for sure. So check them out at powpowmedia.com and tell them I sent you. Let's go ahead and get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the Slightly Chewed Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Watson. With me, uh, somebody I've known for a really long time. Uh, we haven't really had a chance to sit down and talk, so I'm pretty excited about all this. Uh, Pudge Brewer, how you doing, man? What's up, man? Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I'm glad to have you on, and I'm glad. I was driving over here thinking about what we were going to talk about and how we were going to go about all of this, and I'm excited to get your perspective on the music industry and, and things like that that I... I kind of live in this echo chamber of people who do the same thing I do. Yeah, in the same way. We stand around and agree with each other all yeah. day long. <laughs> right. And so right. I uh, was excited to kind of get, get your perspective on all of that. So. Yeah, it's interesting because we both, we pretty much knew each other before each of us got into music, really. So. Yeah. So we took two pretty much separate paths, but at the end of the day, it's probably real similar, you know? I think so. Yeah. I imagine it probably is. Uh, just in terms of we were talking about recording and you've got the studio and the, and all this stuff we were talking about gear and all that. That's, yeah. All of that ends up being pretty much the same. Right. And and focusing on making a quality product that that you know at the end of at the end of it all means it means something to you, which will turn into something that means something to somebody else. Right. Uh, whether it be hip hop or, or you know jazz or blues or rock or whatever it is, if it's if it's real, it's going to be real to right. the people who want to hear that of course yeah. so so how did you get into uh into uh your style well how first of all how would you categorize yourself for people who don't know who you are uh so i'm mostly known i'm in a group called fab deuce i've mm-hmm. kind of i've kind of been the like leader slash manager of that for the last decade or so mm-hmm. so uh in that project i rap and make beats and uh do i do most of our recording and all the booking and stuff mm-hmm. but uh you know, I do a lot of other stuff, uh, make videos and really just anything, uh, anything involved with media. I've always been naturally drawn to that. Yeah. So, uh, well, where can they, I guess just to get right out of the back, do you have music obviously that people can go find and listen to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, there's my group Fab Deuce. Uh, we have a lot of, a lot of music out there on, you know, pretty much all the digital platforms. Uh, me personally, I just put out a project by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called No Hitter. Yeah. So Pudge No Hitter, you can pretty much find that anywhere. Um, pretty much my style of hip hop that I like is a lot of people consider it more old school, but you know I I still like to incorporate some. You know I like to advance with as the technology does. So sure. I like to incorporate you know some newer. Newer stuff as well, but so when you say old school, people compare you to old school. If I, I would say it was a lot of it is kind of nineties, yeah, uh, maybe Tribe Called Quest style. Right. Yeah, that's kind of. I'm a pretty know. big fan of that era of yeah. hip hop music. That's kind of what turned me in, like that kind of stuff. 
I went from a, a fan to actually wanting to make it once I kind of dove into the 90s because I was always into rap, but I kind of missed I missed that whole that whole wave of hip hop because I was you know we were just too young. Yeah, you know? yeah, that was before our time. Well, I remember being in high school, getting into Tribe Called Quest, and then wondering right. where if I could go see them or something or whatever. And it was like, <laughs> right. oh, that's long, pretty long right. gone at this point. Right, going, they hated oh, okay. each other by then. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going, all right, well, and they put a new record out. I guess yeah. Fife died yeah. uh, earlier this year, but they yeah. just released a new record. And it's yeah. really good. It's really good. Yes. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So was that your introduction to? To hip hop music, I guess that era. Yeah, well, really, I mean, it was weird because in Texas we all had uh, the the whole Swisher House and like <laughs> yeah. When Houston I was guys. in like middle school, that was really big. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in Texas you got this like wave of people who saw these guys making making demos out of their house and stuff, and like it became realistic for pretty much everyone in texas yeah so like oh we could do that so like they blew up like crazy so everyone was freestyling like mm-hmm. you know on uh on the buses like on the way to games and stuff like yeah everyone was doing it so you yeah. know naturally i would i would mess around too and then sure. i happened to just be pretty good at it you know yeah so yeah it turns itself into yeah. into that yeah that's cool i i remember that era too i i did i Listen to a lot of that uh, Swisher House and, and all the derivatives of that Houston scene. And then you had the guys that did uh, from Oak Cliff. Uh, what was the name of their group? Uh, I don't the DSR? Uh, that might have been it. Yeah. I don't know. Something like there was the guys from Oak Cliff, and they kind of did the same then thing. Then Mr. Pookie and uh, those guys were from Dallas as well. Yeah. So there's a huge hip-hop scene yeah. that kind of came from here, and I, I think that that's really cool. I, a lot of that stuff, too, was I think what drew me to Tribe Called Quest, uh, aside from I enjoy uh, lyrics of hip-hop music when it flows kind of like as, as in poetry right. would flow. And I really enjoyed listening to Tribe Called Quest specifically. I keep going back to them. Yeah. But I mean, because, that's... well, because it just, it, it was very, it wasn't very hard to latch onto. They were, yeah. you know, they, sometimes some of it was a little bit heavy and sometimes it wasn't, but it always, it flowed really well musically and lyrically. And I and they sampled a lot of old jazz tunes, right. And then put beats on top of them, and I always enjoyed that because I yeah, was kind of into jazz at the time. That kind of drew me to that as well. Yeah. yeah, and it made it it set them apart from what everyone else was doing at the time because right. they were the, musically musically alone. They were doing something that no one else was really doing. Right. You know, people were sampling old songs and making them into hip hop songs and rap songs and whatever, but right. No one was really taking jazz and and that that the classical and there's these elements of music that no one's really taking those and turning them into hip hop songs. Right. It was and that was really enjoyable to me. So I I've enjoyed I've always been drawn to more of the the poetic and and free flowing nature of of hip hop artists. Right. Yeah. See. Yeah. Like we were saying earlier, like all that Houston stuff and like I was a I was always a fan of rap, but then you know once I was exposed to some of the the older hip-hop type stuff that kind of that kind of sparked something in my head that there maybe there is you know maybe there is an avenue that that i could i could create you know yeah so so what has that avenue been i guess i you and i have kept touch pretty lightly since then 
So I know you guys do a lot of shows. So how did that kind of come about since since then? Uh, as far as performing, or yeah, and just putting together a group and doing all that, going from freestyling on on the bus on the way to a baseball game to having a group. Right. Uh, I mean, I really got into it. You know, my my brother and Digo and all those dudes mm-hmm. were they were kind of forcing me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like I was yeah. a little kid, I didn't really know what was going on. Yeah. But nah, uh, I kind of got into it with them and it. It kind of just went from us doing demos, you know, at at a, in our parents' office, like at our house, to yeah. you know, to those actually people getting their hands on those discs and actually the word getting out. Uh, that's kind of how we started started getting booked and stuff. Well, yeah. We weren't really looking for to perform or anything. We really? just had those a uh, few demos floating around and uh, you just wanted to make there them. Was, yeah, there was some dudes that were running a weekly hip hop, uh, weekly hip hop event at Andy's. Mm-hmm. And we did the first one with them, and pretty much ever since then, I've been doing shows almost every weekend. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. So that's awesome. It's awesome that that uh, you still live in Denton, uh, and it's awesome that Denton has harbored you, you know, as a as an artist and as a as a hip hop artist, in terms of Denton being a music scene. Right. You know, it's cool that they've allowed all facets of music like that to go to go through. Yeah. Um, you know, I tried to be a music a musician in Denton and it didn't work out for me. I had to leave. Yeah, it's a gift and a curse. I mean, it's some people do get trapped out here. But I think for me it's a good it's a great training ground. Like I can there's always a, a spot for me to perform. Like I can always mm-hmm. work on my craft and it's uh it's still affordable to live out here. So I yeah. Can, you know, yeah. I, I get more time to create than uh, a lot of people that end up moving away to the bigger cities and stuff. Yeah. Just because the it's it's a little easier to live. <laughs> yeah. That Which, makes sense. I don't I don't dislike Denton at all. I just I found myself spending more time in Fort Worth and Dallas than in Denton. Right. You know, when I'd go to do a, a gig or do work. What was or the what do you think the issue was? Like, I just don't think there's much of a of an of of a scene for. I don't really know. Honestly, it may have been me. I don't know. I'm I'm open to that suggestion, but right. I think that Denton as a music scene, they harbor jazz because of the jazz program, but then right. when the kids graduate from there, they leave. So right. there's not like a jazz like an older jazz community. Yeah, we've here. talked about that. So you get a lot of you get a lot of really good bands, but they're bands for like 2 years. Yeah, and then they're mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. And and you're wondering what happened cuz you loved them. And then uh and then you've got there's a very large indie rock house party yeah. contingency yeah. in Denton. But I didn't really subscribe to that musically. Right. That wasn't really for yeah, me. Yeah, like all that stuff's cool, but I don't yeah, I'm kinda out of uh out of touch with all that. Yeah, so I found myself gigging and, and working a lot more in Dallas and Fort Worth and outside right. of the Metroplex right. traveling. And so I, I just kinda one day I just kinda looked at my situation and I went, Well, if I'm gonna be spending most of my time in Fort Worth I should probably just go live there. That right. would make more sense. Now, when when you go out, like when you're doing shows out there, is it a lot of is it a lot of places with built-in audiences, or are you are you attracting a lot of uh, you know your own fans like at the shows, or how it's, does it work? It's half and half, really. It depends on the day of the week. It depends on and the, it depends on the venue. A lot of there's music every night of the week in, right. in Fort Worth, right? Uh, and it's Fort Worth tends to be a little bit more Americana based, and I don't right. really subscribe to that either. I right. kind of lean into that a little bit, but right. not too much. You dabble, <laughs> yeah. And we have we have a horn section, so it can't right. you can't dabble too much, right? You know, like country music or yeah. whatever, but. I, uh, I've, you know, I've become friends with a lot of those dudes, but when I go do like an acoustic solo show where right. I'm just kind of doing my own thing, whatever, 
Um, it's about half and half. I have a decent draw for those, you know, weeknights if I'm playing from at seven o'clock on a Wednesday or something. But right. a lot of the time when people go to a certain place, they know that this place has music seven nights a week. So if you go there, don't get annoyed because there's music. Right. You know what I mean? So, and then they're either into you or they're not depending on their own tastes. Right. I tend to do a lot of old soul music yeah. on my acoustic sets. Yeah. And so if people are either into that or they're not, and I right. don't get mad at them if they're not, you know, not everyone's into everything, but it's, it's interesting, but you can, you can make a living doing that. Right. A good living. You right. know, I've, I've postured myself in the, in the DFW market as an acoustic artist at, to, to the point where I can go out three or four nights a week during the week and make what I need to make for the week and then do whatever I want to do on the weekends. Right. If I need to take a gig where I'm not going to make a lot of money, I can do that. Cause I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Things like that. You got to take those sometimes though. You got to take those a lot yeah. <laughs> for, for me. It's a lot of opening for people for, for not very much just to get right. your foot in the door and, and a lot of that kind of stuff. And I'm right. sure it's the same, you know, up, yeah. up here, but I mean, usually, usually you can get other gigs from that. So it's not, yeah, that's the idea. Anyway. If you, yeah, you just can't look at it like, Oh, I'm not getting paid. So, yeah, so I don't know. It's it's an interesting market. I I think DFW is as a whole is a good music scene. Yeah, I think people try to subdivide it into Dallas, Denton, and Fort Worth. Right, which I think you can do to a point, but overall the scene is is very fertile for right. a lot of different people. There's a huge huge R and B and gospel scene in Dallas that a bunch of the dudes that that are a part of that scene live in Fort Worth or they live in Denton. Yeah, and and it and but when a lot of them are doing other projects too. Yeah, and I was just talking to a guy uh, last week named Marco Thierry, uh, and he's he plays for Snarky Puppy, and he plays for bands like that, Erica Badu, and all these bands. Snarky Puppy's based out of New York. Erica Badu is you know, Kirk Franklin. They're all based out of Dallas. So he was saying that depending on who's asking, he'll change his answer. Like right. if 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 some gospel dude is asking him where he's from, he'll say he's from Dallas because yeah. that makes more sense to that guy. Right. Yeah. So and then if it's more of a, an Americana type person or anyone else, he'll say he's from Fort, Fort Worth, Worth, and they'll yeah. they'll get that vibe from him. So it's interesting how subdivided it is. But when you get outside of DFW, if I tell if I go on the road and I tell someone I'm from Fort Worth and they go, oh yeah, so Dallas, They've and I just go, okay, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I I usually just go with Dallas. Yeah. If I'm out of Texas, it makes yeah. more sense. Yeah. You don't want you don't need to. Well, it's 30 miles north of, of Dallas yeah, and a little a little bit to the west. <laughs> yeah. And you go, yeah. yeah, they don't care. It doesn't matter cuz it's a whole it's a, it's a whole scene and to And it's them. not worth explaining it to them. No. It's just No, yeah. it's not. Which, you know, that's good and bad. You know, when you're in the when you're in the scene, I spend a lot of time in Dallas doing acoustic gigs and I tell them I'm from Fort Worth. And some of them look at you weird, and it's like, yeah. well, we're thirty miles apart. Fuck the cowboys. Yeah, and, and they start like, talking shit to you. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, you're thirty miles away. It's not like you're in. It's not like New York versus L.A. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's interesting, but other do you do you, you say you gig a lot uh, during the week? Do you are you mostly around DFW? You get to travel or yeah? What I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff. I'm doing a lot of DJ gigs on the side too. Oh yeah, it's kind of you know something to do, something I picked up. I always wanted to get into that. Well, people knew I I was involved with music, so I was like helping all these people get gigs. You know, people would hit me up to find a DJ for their party or whatever. Right. And I was like hearing what some of these gigs were paying. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, man, I could do that. I was like, I think I could just do that. <laughs> but I got the equipment, and sure enough, I couldn't do that. You know, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it's harder oh, than it, people it, think it is. But, but after the first two or three like really shitty ones, yeah, you know, you you learn to 
what you need to prepare for. You right. Know? Sometimes it's best to just throw yourself in there and yeah, like oh that was awful. So people take a crap on on live DJs a lot because like yeah. oh well they're just playing other people's music. It's like, yeah, well, there's a lot more that goes into it yeah. than that. I mean, you got they had to buy the. Th- five thousand dollars setup that they (laughs) they had to bring right and you gotta have a really vast knowledge of songs and and how they go together and working on a a dynamic flow from one song to the next and and then blending them together without realizing they're being blended together there's a whole art that goes into that and then the djs who make their own stuff and then blend that in with other songs yeah, that's the trickiest part is doing gigs where not every not not all the audience is on the same page. Mm. So you're having to you're having to take certain requests that you know are not they're not going to do well, but <laughs> right. You know, yeah. when they're paying you. That's, yeah, that's the other side of that coin. I do a lot of weddings with my band, with yeah. my horns. So yeah, DJ weddings as well. Yeah, that's, and you get a lot of that. They'll they'll send you, "Why well, we want you to learn these three songs for yeah. our first dance." And it's, it's like, like "No, you don't." No. <laughs> You yeah. don't. Someone told me a long time ago when someone comes and asks you for a song, if you tell them no, not at a wedding, obviously where they're paying you, but like if you're at a venue, yeah, and 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 someone comes and asks you to, hey, will you play Free Bird or or yeah. some Skinner tune? It's like yeah. just tell them like you don't really want to hear that. You're yeah. saying that that you think you want to hear that, yeah. but you don't really want to hear that. Let me play you this. Right. This is more probably what you're looking for. And then put that off on people. I've tried that a handful of times where I'll say that. I'll be like, you think you want to hear that, but I think you want to hear this instead. Yeah. In my experience, there's always one There's one lady there that's like, thinks that her playlist needs to be what what's <laughs> right. popping. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. That's that's very common wedding theme. So well, we play this song. We Everyone's going to love it. Like, no, they're not. They're not going to love it. Right. I do this for a living. But yeah. You don't. Uh, as far as gigs, DJing's probably, that's probably my least favorite type of gig <laughs> that I do. But I mean, it's, it's more consistent. Not everyone wants, you know, wants rap for entertainment, you know, at every event. And that's, that's completely understandable, you know? Yeah. Music is subjective in that way. Yeah. For sure, but you know, there's a place for it, just like right. there's a place for anything. Right. Yeah, with the hip hop stuff, I'm pretty much like, you know, I'm pretty much set up for a few different type of events. You mm-hmm. know, there's not, there's not a lot of uh, environments that are gonna, you know, adapt. You know, accept it. Yeah, so, yeah, that's yeah. So it's, I had to, I had to learn how to pick up as many, you know, many crafts that I could musically if I wanna, yeah. you know, be able to bring in some income and yeah, all that. So. That makes sense. All of that makes sense. So how do you go <clears throat> from making demos at your house to playing to playing gigs and uh, just what's the what was the process of of making the realization of maybe I can make some money doing this, maybe if people seem to like it. Like what's the process? Of uh man, really like the first two or three shows were max capacity at the at the bar, so mm-hmm that kind of opened my eyes to i thought like everyone everyone was pretty good at it but we we seemed to to gain a little bit more attention f- very fast you know so mm. that kind of opened my eyes to to well this could be something that that I pursue a little harder you know if i'm just if i was just doing it for fun and getting immediate results you know I figured it could be something that if i actually put my head into it and put a little more time in it i could 
you know, take it, take it to the next level, whatever that was, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So between you and your brother and, and Diggo, I haven't seen Diggo in a long time. I still see him. I see him on Facebook. Yeah. He's around. Yeah. He's still making music and all that stuff. So is he still making the, doing the musical side of it? I guess making the beats and making the songs. Yeah. He's running a record label. Him and, uh, him and his partner have a, have a label called real rad records. Yeah. So he's running that. Awesome. Um, but yeah, he's making beats and rhyming and all that stuff. So. Awesome. Awesome. I know that uh, you touched on something just now a second ago in terms of saying that, you you know, there are other people around that are doing it and you, you guys kind of got some notoriety faster than maybe the other people did who maybe you thought were just as good. And uh, there's a lot to that. And I think, and that's across the board musically in terms of I've seen you guys perform a handful of times and it is very entertaining uh not only lyrically and, and musically but but visually and just the the presence right. the presence of it all right it's very it's entertaining you guys are moving around you're you're showman you know what i mean right. like you're you're commanding the the attention of the of the audience right more than just standing there and and rhyming and, and rapping or whatever there's there's an element of that to it and i think that that's extremely important for for what you guys do and across the board musically for any genre of music is that you probably you guys probably got more that notoriety more because you were a little bit more entertaining than the other people who were doing it yeah a lot of the a lot of the people i work with i think uh I think they could be like comedians, you know, <laughs> right. they're, they're naturally funny people. So yeah, it, it makes it easy for me, you know, to bring them to the studio and yeah, you know, whatever we capture is going to be going to be pretty funny just cause it, the people themselves are entertaining. So yeah, it's easy to, it translates well on stage, you know, yeah. for the most part, most part, all the dudes are there to have a good time anyway. So, mm-hmm. that, so that, I think it translates well, you know. Absolutely. It does. And that charisma that you have to have it, you can't teach that. Right. You have to just have that. Right. You know what I mean? That's why there are songwriters and there are artists who sing other people's songs, you know, and coming out of Nashville or whatever, dudes that put out a whole record of songs they didn't even write. That's because they're not very good at songwriting. Yeah. They're good at being entertaining and frontmen and singing. But then there are the dudes that are the, the gut wrenching songwriters and they're not very good at singing. And, but if you have the whole package, you know what I mean? If you're one of those people, it's right. I think the uh, it's pretty special. You know, the rehearsals are a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta plan for when the the awkward moments are gonna happen. You know? <laughs> yeah, you gotta you know direct everyone's attention away for the the not as strong moments. But it's all you know. It's just a a process. You know. Yeah. So you guys, when you do the the three person stuff, not your own solo stuff, but the Fab Do stuff with your brother. Uh, Blaine and, and nah, he's actually they're actually not are they not doing that anymore. No, nah, ah. it's uh me and then Burton. Do you know Burton? I he think went so. To Ryan, I think uh, so. Him and then there's this guy named Jesse who also went to Ryan. Mm-hmm. So they kind of they were kind of always around. Um, Jesse was he was involved in a different project and he kind of just that group kind of fell apart. Mm-hmm. So he he started doing stuff with us and then Burton was like my best friend from growing up Mm -hmm. so back when we had first started he wasn't really as around as much he was you know playing baseball in college and stuff so once he got done with that and moved back that's kind of when he he became full full on with the group yeah so so he took over those two took over for the other two. yeah but it's like if you if you saw it 10 years ago and looked at it now 
it looks completely different. But if you were if you were there for most of the most of the journey, like you, it, it wasn't as gradual as it seems. You know? Right, it'd be like one person, you know, kind of kind of phased out. Yeah, but these other people were always around. So yeah, so like that makes sense. The show and the chemistry and energy is all pretty similar. Yeah, you know, it's just a couple different faces now. Sure. You know? Yeah. Well, that's important. That evolution of all of it is is really important. You don't want to just be putting the same thing out for ten years, right? You know what I mean. People would get pretty tired of that. <clears throat> Most of my records, I've done five records now, and they're all if you line them up next to each other, they're all completely different. Right. But they're all one or two or three years right. apart, and so and it doesn't feel like that for you. No, like, when you're writing, not it, at like, all. It's a snapshot yeah. of me at the time, right? You know what I mean. But I, then if you if you step back and actually listen to the one five years ago, you're like, oh, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it is. I, I definitely feel that way. So, but that's that's necessary. That ev- that musical evolution and whatever I'm listening to at the time creeps its way into it. And I'm sure it's the same for you and your writing style and all of that. Um, but I guess what I was getting at a second ago, I, I'm I'm glad that you informed me of the personnel change. Yeah, I don't sorry about be, that. I know I don't want to be <laughs> spitting out the wrong information. Yeah. But uh, when you guys do the show, the last show that I had seen, so I guess this was a pretty long while ago, um, before your brother had a had a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, I imagine that would probably take you out of... I know a lot of musicians that got married and had kids and stopped being musicians. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of like when you can tell who who's really in it yeah. for, for, for life, you know? Yeah. The ones that, that do stick it out... It's usually the ones that were like that was their you know yeah that was their main main focus anyway so yeah. it's got to be difficult though but it's it's hard to like yeah it's hard to hard to do it's hard to move how we were moving if if you aren't totally in it you know yeah I agree it's the same thing on, on from my perspective as a doing full bands and and touring as a band is it the the people that were a little bit too tied down and too rooted in. They didn't want to tour all the time. Right. And you're going, okay, well, I got to find somebody that, right. that isn't married or that has been married long enough now that it's okay. Yeah, touring, wa- man, that's that's tricky because, you know, you still want to be able to have a home <laughs> when you yeah. get back, you know? Right. So, I don't know, touring. We've, like, we've definitely traveled, but nothing for more than, like, two weeks at a time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see how like I don't see how a lot of people do it, you know. Yeah, it takes a toll on you for sure when you get out and and then you just want to be home. You're out for a yeah. month and you just go. It sounds awesome if the all the circumstances are right, but yeah. there's a lot a lot that can go wrong there. Yeah, you know? definitely. So wh- go ahead. What were you gonna say? I was saying as far as uh, going to like towns that you've never been oh, and yeah. expecting to. <laughs> yeah, you know, you'd like to say I need a guarantee, but. <laughs> if you're not bringing in any money, it's kind of hard to, yeah, it's hard to predict that, you know? Yeah. That's where the value of a good agent comes in, right? Where they can spend their time selling you and promote. I need, I need that guy. Uh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and they can spend the money on promotion and they can try to get people in that way. But I don't know. I've never attempted to write anything outside of the parameters of songwriting. Right. Uh, but I've always been interested in, there are certain uh, rappers and, and lyricists that I've always kind of been drawn to. Um, what, I guess, what's the process of, of doing that for you? Do you come up with a, a concept and write around it, or do you let it kind of go where it's going to go from the start to finish, or what's the oh, process Oh, man, for you? it's all of the above, really. Yeah. Uh, 
So I th- I think with hip hop, like a lot of artists will try too hard to make it super topical. Right. Like it doesn't always have to. I, to me, if the topic doesn't immediately hit me, then I I can still put something together that's you know it's sure. gonna it's gonna sound good. Um, but you know there's there's times where there's a certain beat or whatever that you know the the topic immediately speaks to you. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I I do like to incorporate a lot of like humor and you know references and mm-hmm. you know all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I take a lot of notes like throughout the day. If I you know think of something, I'll put it down on my phone or whatever. Yeah. And uh, like one liners. Yeah, but that that's cool with hip hop is because you can you can talk a bunch of nonsense and it, it can still work. It can still work. So yeah, I've, I've gotten good at getting away from like the whole writer's block thing. Yeah. Cause I can just, you know, I, I can put something together that's not going to suck. Yeah. But you know, there's obviously some stuff that, that does, you know, some beats are a little more relatable that, you know, you can actually put a story behind or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's probably just as subjective as to you as it is to the listener. Right. You know, how it strikes you may not be how it strikes them. Right. And, like, with the group, like, it's real hard to get everyone on the same page with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, for the group, we just kind of kind of like to just have fun, you know. Yeah. Say some funny stuff. Do you guys write your stuff together, or do you write it and then kind of bring it in and say, hey, I just came up with this part uh, this same thing or, both i mean yeah you know because you're lyrically and and verse wise you guys are kind of intertwining it's not like you get 16 and then chorus and then i get 16 and then chorus right like you guys are kind of yeah we like to break up some of that monotony like yeah and switch up the structure but yeah there's there's no really rule i don't know yeah that's well it's that's it's kind of hard to explain yeah no that's awesome i i think it's that's the great way to do it is to not really have a formula yeah just do what feels right yeah so there'll be some times where like i'll i'll take something home with me come up with the chorus the idea bring it to everyone whoever's interested can get on it yeah but there's other situations where we'll all be hanging out and you know something will just click yeah sometimes we'll Sometimes like you'll be writing and you don't even think that you're you're making a topic and then every like everyone happens to be talking about the same thing on yeah. accident. Like that's pretty awesome. It's the same thing musically. I have a drummer and a bass player that I've been playing with for four years, the same two dudes. And we are That helps. Yeah, yeah it does. And yeah. we are so unbelievably on the same page all the time. Right. Like, we'll just like we'll just be sitting on a groove in a rehearsal or something and I'll go to do this hit on the piano or the guitar or whatever my drummer right. will do it too and then we'll look at each other and we'll go oh man like we right. both had the same thought of this push in this place and whatever and it's, when you get with people like that which i assume you are with the other with the other two guys is that you is a, there's a certain point where you all kind of have the same pretty much the same thing going on in your head yeah and that's really special the to tricky find that. the tricky part uh which we've kind of figured out now is getting everyone on the same uh like the same page musically, mm-hmm. like as far as the kind of stuff that we want to use yeah. as far as the production and stuff. Yeah. But we've gotten pretty good at, you know, meeting in the middle yeah. on that one. Like if I go, if I go to one of our producer's house or whatever to pick out some stuff, I can kind of, there'll be some stuff that I'm not as into, but I'll go ahead and grab it 
you know, because I know yeah. someone else on the group will really like it. So yeah, and vice versa. They we're all we're always looking for beats. So yeah, it uh it just helps to find the right stuff. Yeah, and you guys know each other well enough to 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 do exactly what you just said. Yeah, where you can go. Okay, well, I may not like this, but this dude's gonna right destroy. Yeah, I like this a lot is. of that. You know, all the jazz sample, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. We we kind of touched on earlier. So, do you make? I mean, you said that you make your own a lot. Uh, a good chunk of them. Yeah. 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 What's the process there? Uh, I I mostly use samples, so it's me buying records and you know looking for samples for a few hours and mm-hmm. till you just kind of hear something that you think you can work with you know mm-hmm. take that and then Fatten you know it up. try you know sometimes like if it's good enough it's kind of risky but you can just use the loop but yeah there's cases where you if you find something good enough that's like Say I throw on a record and it's just a guitar and there's nothing else going on. I can take each of those notes and rearrange them and yeah. pitch them and yeah, you know, That's cool. try to avoid getting sued as best as I can. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a weird gray area with that. Yeah, you kind of have to it's, live. It's kind of sketchy, but yeah, I, I only <laughs> know like one. I personally know one person that got sued. Yeah, but it was like it was before listening to music on the internet was even a thing, you know, right. Or as far as when he made the record. So when it came out, it, it got picked up by like a, like a computer recognition. Ah, like, yeah. They're just looking at one, but it was, zeros. but it was like a skit. So it wasn't like, it wasn't, he found a sample, put drums, put words over it. It was, right. He found a sample, used that as a skit. Right. So he was, he was selling the song, but it was, he hadn't changed anything. He just, right. But he, he had done it on a four track in his apartment. Like, right. and then, you know, got signed to a label and yeah. 10 years later, he gets a cease and desist for that. But. <laughs> it's a strange market, man. It's such a weird market. It, music as a whole, I guess I, we, I touched on this a couple of weeks ago with someone else when, uh, when, uh, Pharrell and Robin Thicke got sued yeah. for that blurred lines song and how ridiculous, that yeah, whole that, that lawsuit was weird. That's ended weird. up being well. The whole thing got really messed up because, uh, and we I talked about this at length with uh, with Roger the other day. But we it, it, the whole thing got so messed up because they allowed a jury to come in on this trial. A jury of non a jury of non music people, yeah. and that the lawyer whoever allowed that just really made a mistake there because that should yeah. have been nothing but just musical experts, a panel, right? No need a jury. You know, panel of experts, and they went as far as making full transcriptions of the drums and the bass and all the per- all the percussion. And there wasn't one beat of music that lined right. up. None of them did. Right. But when you put that in front of a bunch of soccer moms and law- yeah. and lawyers and you know what I mean, doctors, yeah. they don't know. You could put two songs, two completely to you and I, two completely different like EDM songs at in the key of D at 130 beats per minute. Right. And play them one right after the other, and they won't know the difference. They'll think it's the same song, right? And that's just so ridiculous. And so it's not even the same words or anything. Not none of it was the same. Yeah. And they they copped a vibe, is what they did. Yeah. And they set out to, and they admittedly, which probably to their own detriment, they admittedly said we heard we we wanted to make something that reminded me of this, but they didn't copy it. They didn't right. even sample it. They didn't do anything like that. And the shitty thing is. Th- in that specific case, that's probably not at all what they were trying to do. 
No, probably not. <laughs> you know, and it's crazy like, how it turned out. There's a hundred songs that have that feel. Way more than that, actually, but probably way more it, than that. It probably wasn't like a direct like. No. Play this. Play this for the musicians. All right, let's try to recreate that. That's, yeah. I don't think that that's what was going on there. No, I don't either. And the judge, when they made their decision, the judge came out and said that this is not ripped off, but it is derivative. And so that sets a really weird precedent for guys like you and me who are making original music and and using using stuff that we like. I'm a big fan of music from 50 years ago. Like I I really love old soul music and R&B music. Right. And everyone should. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I think so. Yeah. But I love that, but that's already been done and moved on from. So that era of music is kind of a snapshot and that's not going to change. So I pull influence from that, but what if someone goes, "Hey, that sounds too much like this this Marvin Gaye tune." Right. And then you know what I mean? Like, the, but it's not. And I go, well, yeah, obviously I'm influenced by this guy, but there's just such a really weird precedent that's been set by that where you and I kind of have to now tiptoe you and I and a thousand other musicians right. that, that like, you know, yeah. older style music. We have to now tiptoe around a little bit too much. Yeah. It's real tricky for us. Cause I'm literally like using the, the recordings of a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. But I don't know. they, they make it so hard to to make that allowed that everyone end, ends up just putting the music out without without yeah. trying to clear it and give them right. their cut, you know. Yeah. There needs to be like you probably know this like I'm I'm sure there's something with cover songs like you can still perform them but you 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 just cover your, you know, cover your ass and register that you're performing a cover song or whatever. Right. You would think that there would be some sort of uh some sort of like sample sample law where you can sample it and just let them know and they're still they're still getting a cut of it. Right. But I think I feel like if you're using it and it's generating some more money, like I don't think they should be entitled to take all of it. You know? No, definitely. You're at not. some point making these artists like relevant, you know, when yeah. they, they wouldn't have been generating that, that yeah. income. So I think they should get some obviously get a percentage of it. I mean it you yeah. are taking their recordings but yeah, but not all of it, and not for you know damages and royal and all that stuff. They, right. That suit, that lawsuit specifically, was so crazy, and right. they lost. But the thing about it is, to speak to that point that you just made, is that they didn't sue them when the song came out. They waited until about a year later when the right. song was a mega hit. After it let it rack up the royalties. Oh and man, stuff. it generated millions of dollars. Of well, downloads. I'm sure if they if they did it at first, then that that wouldn't have uh like their marketing teams and stuff probably wouldn't have pushed that song to get to the level like they would have just done a video to a different song right probably you know right but so that was like a smart move on their part well yeah but that's exactly the point is yeah. that that's just frivolous yeah. lawyers <laughs> right just scouring They're like it's doing really well let's keep our mouth shut for a little bit yeah exactly they yeah if that song hadn't gone anywhere they wouldn't have sued them Right. You know, they wouldn't have gotten any money out of it. But and it wasn't the other side of that is that it wasn't Marvin Gaye, who was obviously dead. Right. But it was his estate and his lawyers. I don't think that there is any living musician who would go after another relevant musician. Right. In that in that aggressive manner. Right. Because you better believe that everyone on the planet who 
disagrees with that lawsuit is going to go scouring that guy's catalog right. and go, well, what about right here? What about when you did this and this was really close to this and right. things like that. So I, that's kind of an unspoken musician's code. But once you pass away and it's your kids and your grandkids and they're not musicians and you, they have lawyers and yeah. you're just looking at ones and zeros on a computer screen. You're yeah. not looking at anything else. Yeah, It's cool for us because we, we work on – well, it's not cool <laughs> – I was going to say we work on a smaller scale. Obviously, it would be cooler if we were the artist on their <laughs> radar. Right. But no, it works out yeah. to our advantage. I I've, can get away with making like yeah. a shitload of music, you know, and if, if a couple of them get caught, then that's fine. Yeah. But, but also at the same time, if I make a cover song, I put a cover song on a record I did a couple of years ago, yeah. and you have to. You don't have to ask permission. You just have to make sure you cut them in on the royalties. Right. That's all you really have to do. Now, is that is it a set royalty or is that something that you have to negotiate with them? Or? It's a set royalty yeah. unless they want to charge you more. Yeah. But if you just kind of say, here, here, here's what happened. Here's what's yeah. happening. Yeah. Don't really give them a chance to dispute it. Right. Uh, then a lot of really times matter. they're just cool with it. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't really or they matter. don't even notice. And, no, they don't even notice. And a lot of those people, like the older artists, they will they will license their music through there's a there's a handful of companies that just do that yeah you just contact them you say hey i'm gonna do this i'm gonna press a thousand of them and then you pay them up front yeah but the royalties in terms of songwriting and music and production is split into three different aspects and it's the songwriter it's the artist and it's the the label right i've yeah i've dove all the way into all that shit. it's pretty fucking crazy and so if you if you just take lyrics and don't take music and you make your own music or you take the vibe and you take the lyrics they get a smaller cut right so when i did that i paid them up front i just said i'm gonna cut a thousand of them i assume i'm gonna sell all thousand of these cds here's what it will be for a thousand units of right. this one song and i just cut them a check and i yeah. said i'm and everything's that, that was through that was through their label where that was through the company that licensed that they pay to license their stuff. Okay. So it's like artists, like there's one of the, the song I did was from by a guy named Bobby Womack. Okay. Bobby yeah, Womack's yeah. a sixties or seventies soul singer. He's, he just passed away a couple of years ago, a year or two ago, but you know, he's not relevant anymore right. as an artist. And so, you know, he just paid this company. They house his music. If anybody wants to use it, they use it. They and go through this company, pay his family or whatever. Yeah. They just get paid the royalties. So it's not necessarily through a label or through him specifically. They just, it's a legal team essentially right. just making sure that they're getting what's, what's right. coming to them. So. Yeah. It's, it's hard for me cause I got shit all over like Pandora and all that stuff. And I'm not, I'm not like with the label or anything. So I'm having to, right. To like track down all that income on my own. Yeah. There's a handful uh, of websites that'll do that and help you with that, but yeah. you never I mean, really know. Yeah, I use a few different companies, but Pandora's been giving me the most trouble because uh, I've been getting on my my like songwriting. It's showing X amount of plays for a certain song, but then when I get my Pandora checks, that song's not included. But I'm <laughs> oh, but man. I'm seeing it on my BMI statement, that, right? That it's like it's getting like a lot of plays, and, yeah. And, for whatever reason, like when I email them and they send me my catalog, that whole album that I submitted, like I'm not getting any of the any of the plays from that. Right. And like when I contact them, they're just I don't know. They're not being very like easy to work with. No, it's this the whole industry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a really crappy industry. Yeah. I wish I could just put it out and set it, but unfortunately, I have to like every royalty statement. I have to like actually look at it. And, yeah. 
Like, am I getting fucked here? Yeah. And probably, probably yeah. are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just assume that you are, right? Until proven otherwise. It's that karma for the the samples, probably. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they're just reappropriating it. Yeah. I don't know. Nah, this specific one was sample free, actually. So there you go. I've always wanted to get into that to making beats. I've I, I have always enjoyed the musical aspect of hip hop music. I've I've been drawn to to backbeat music. Uh, my whole life, starting just with old soul, just a, just a solid groove, James Brown backbeat yeah. groove, and then just you know layering stuff on top of that. So that when I really dive into hip hop music, I think that's where I really relate the most. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, you can copy and paste way more in hip hop with uh, production and stuff. So yeah, I don't if you, know if you get a few like good seconds. That's sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I've got the capability, you know, in in Logic, and I've got a whole thing set up where I can. I've downloaded a bunch of sounds and things that I've been using yeah. for for demos and whatever. Yeah, that's the tricky part is people get those programs and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna make beats now," and they're just using a lot of the sounds that are just the stock sounds. Yeah, and you're like, "No, you need to keep." Yeah, you, you gotta. Need, you need to go find find your own sounds. find them or make your own. I right. made my own uh, drum samples. Yeah, that's from awesome. my, my drum kit at my house. I had yeah. someone come over and. I got everything. Yeah. Loud crash, did some light crash. Some loops or you just did the... I just the did same. them individually yeah. so I can set them as a drum yeah. kit and then play it. And you have a, and con- it's, a controller or something? Yeah, I got a MIDI controller. Yeah. And so I can actually... The drum kit that I'm playing with this keyboard, it's drum sounds from the yeah. drum kit yeah. from my house. Yeah, we do a lot of stuff like that. And too. that's... Uh, it's cooler that way. Yeah. I think it's cooler that way. Yeah. Yeah, I do a lot of that. I have a little handheld recorder that I mm-hmm. carry around too. A lot of times you'll hear something when you're out and yeah with hip hop it doesn't necessarily need to be clean so sure so you can sometimes i'll just record it with my little handheld recorder yeah bring it in post-production and you know make it sound completely different yeah i used to work at the school of rock in fort worth and there was a guy making a record that i ended up playing a bunch of stuff on yeah and i would hear him every now and then go into the bathroom which was an all tile ceiling walls floor bathroom yeah at the school of rock do like claps and stuff yeah, yeah. and he'd be in there making noises and yeah. like this crazy reverb in there and yeah. he would have his microphone in there with yeah. him and then he i would hear him a minute later on his computer blasting through the speakers and he would be compressing it and yeah doing all this stuff and that was ended up all over this record he did yeah. and i was like that's so cool yeah that's that's the kind of stuff that i like doing yeah it turned out to be really cool and like a lot of it i'll put in there so quiet that no one's probably hearing it but i don't know it just feels it feels better that way yeah it's not just the drums playing you're getting you know i I like to use my like keys and like yeah you know shit like that that's the producer side of it you got to fill in all the space the difference is between car keys that is not a piano for the yeah you You didn't see the hand motion (laughs) you did right (laughs) Uh, yeah, you gotta, you gotta do that. I think there's a huge difference, uh, sonically between a professionally done record with a, you know, and a, and a really nice studio with a really good producer and something that, that someone does, you know, for the first time in their house, it may be a good recording, but there's something missing. And it's the, the years of knowledge of doing exactly what you just said, of putting things in there that you may not even realize are in there, but right. if they weren't there, it would totally change the vibe of the track. Yeah. It's real easy, like, uh, with making beats, it's real easy to sound like a robot. So anything yeah. you can do to human it up a little bit yeah. definitely helps. Yeah. 
And that's, uh, yeah, people people buy logic and then they go, all right, I'm going to do this. And then they make the super generic right. beat. And, right. you know, it is what it is. With the just whatever sample loops are in there or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of them, though. I just yeah. downloaded the new yeah. one and it's crazy. Yeah. You can actually stuff. still do some really cool shit with that. Yeah, with a little bit of a little bit yeah. of uh, post production yeah. knowledge, I downloaded a really cool compressor. Have you ever heard of Wolfpack? Uh, no, it's, I a, it's a band. There, they just came around within the last year or so, became really popular, and they're an instrumental kind of just groovy instrumental band. Right, and uh, some of it's fairly complicated music, but they are in the really, really big into the, the recording side of it. Yeah. And the way that they go about their recordings. And they created a compressor that they had put their name on it. Yeah. And this compressor, it's unreal. It's, they call it the Wolf Compressor. The name of the band is Wolfpeck. And they, when asked about that, they said that that's how phonetically spelled how a German person would say Wolfpack. Oh. <laughs> so they oh, spell nice. it that way. That's cool. Yeah, I think it was cool. Yeah. They're, they're kind of goofy. Uh, like a lot of their songs are like that kind of goofy names and whatever like that, but they made this compressor and it is unbelievable yeah. and it takes everything. It, it, what they did to, to explain this compressor is they took a drum kick, kick snare hat and they set it up in the kitchen in one of the dude's houses yeah. and they took a large diaphragm mic like one of these and they set it about 10 feet away from them. And that was the only mic. And so the dude's just playing this basic groove on the drums and it sounds like it's going through a microphone that's 10 feet away. Right. And then they put this Wolf compressor up on the screen in this yeah. YouTube video. And it sounds like it's mic'd up like a full drum kit. That's badass. It's unbelievable. How they, however they did it, yeah. it's unbelievable. I have a, a funny beat that I made. Uh, my buddy, like, he plays bass. But he was at his rehearsal and he, he like, Snapchatted himself just playing the drums. And it's just, like, bass player playing drums. Yeah. It was just a real simple thing. But uh, so I took that. It's just a recording, just him filming it, or someone in his band filming it, and I I ran it through my my interface and beefed it up, and it's, yeah, dude, it sounds, I don't know, sounds crazy. It's cool. Technology is crazy. It is. It's so cool how you can do that and take all that stuff. And I'm I'm in still in the learning phase of of doing all of that. I have a pretty solid understanding. I didn't go to school for it like like you did. But I, I have a pretty solid understanding of what I think sounds good anyway. Right. For for me, for what I'm doing. Yeah, the school helped. It's it's just the more time, just experience and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. They they probably eliminated about six months of my learning curve for you. Right. <laughs> By just showing you, push this button, and I'm having to look through the friggin' manual and Google Damn, stuff. Damn, so they got like a computer programmer like, making their own plugins and stuff or yeah i think that's what they did and they've got a couple of them i don't really know how they did it honestly i don't know but uh it's it's phenomenal and they put it on this website that hosts it for them and they it's 200 bucks for this compressor yeah it's freaking awesome there's a lot of producers that i that i'm fans of that have moved to stuff like that where they're putting out sample packs and uh you know yeah there's a lot of money in that if you charge Passive income and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think that that's what they do. I think they're trying to capitalize on their on their sudden rise. Yeah. And they're a good band, and they'll probably be around for a while. Yeah. But but they're at the at the <laughs> do, do their recording sound really good? They do. Okay. They sound really good. Yeah. yeah, it holds up. I'm like, wait, they're using their own stuff for sure. But I think they're trying to do that. I think they're trying to capitalize on this this sudden rise to to fame and and success. Right, with their putting up, put their name on stuff, and it it seems to be working. I don't know. I was told about it by someone who, 
bought one and I listened to it and I, I bought it myself. It's 200 bucks for a compressor, which is kind of ridiculous, but it sounds so good. And it's a, it's a plug-in. That it's a plug-in, okay. yeah, and you just buy it and download it. And, and you, it hosts off of their website, so you have to create an account with them, and when you go to use it the first time, you have to log in. Yeah, and then they, smart. And then they verify whether or not. Yeah, it yeah. is smart. They, they did it the right way. But. Become a member of their cult. Yeah, pretty much. And then of their wolf pack. Yeah, and then I started perusing the rest of this website of this that hosts it and I ended up downloading like five more. Which yeah. is probably what they hope is going to happen when you do that. Yeah. I spent another couple hundred bucks on some some other nice. One of them I didn't even need was a record pop. Like I didn't need that. Yeah. But I see. did it anyway. You might you might need it. I might. It's I, in there. I use that shit. I don't know. It's in there if I ever do need it. I don't know. So it just crackles. Is that, Basically, yeah, yeah, and you can set it 45. Uh, you can set all the RPMs. You yeah. can set how much it crackles. You can set yeah. all kinds. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. Yeah, there's like there's one I use on uh, Reason, which is what I've been using to produce. But, uh, yeah, you can do, like, it's got, like, a VHS filter and, like, a AM, FM, and cassette. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of times, like, since a lot of my stuff is sample heavy, when I – add in some original like synth lines or whatever. A lot mm-hmm. of times I'll throw some of that stuff in. So yeah, it kind of fits with the samples a little bit better. Yeah. Like that crackle. Yeah. I don't know. There's a whole world of that stuff. You can spend so much time yeah. and money yeah. on, on plugins, but I don't know. I'm making a single for a friend of mine right now. I'm almost finished with it. And it's kind of an Americana style deal. But I'm I'm using all these plugins that I bought just 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 because just yeah. because I bought them I feel like I right. should. That's how I am. Like I'm saying <laughs> with those compressors and delay units I have. Like yeah. my computer can do the same thing, but <laughs> I don't know. I feel I feel much cooler when I use uh use the outboard gear. Yeah, I do too. I don't have very much of it, but I I feel like I'm physically doing something when I turn a right. knob. Right. <laughs> Instead of just clicking on yeah. it. Yeah. When uh Haley's the the venue out here when they closed, I, I bought some of their shit from them. Oh, so. cool! Got a good deal on that. I was too bad about that because they had a lot of good stuff. They had a lot of good bands coming through there. Yeah, man, that's uh, out of all the closings, that's that's the one that that hurt the most for me. Yeah. Where do you guys play when you play around town? Uh, mostly Andy's right now. They just redid the stage and uh, that's good because it was the, sketchy. Yeah, so they did that. Um, that was open for a little bit, but this last month they've, uh, they like closed the whole venue and they're completely doing a makeover. So. Oh, good. So that's, that's kind of our spot right now. I did a handful of gigs on that stage over the years and yeah. every time you step on it and you kind of, yeah, you <laughs> kind of make sure the AC isn't leaking on our turntables. And all <laughs> yeah. That shit. Yeah. It's interesting. So we, we DJ there a lot and then, uh. We're doing a Fab Deuce show there on uh, January 7th. Cool. So we got, uh, do you know South Paul Preachers? Yeah. Yeah. We're Hail. Yeah. So yeah. We'll be, They're we'll, awesome. They'll be opening up for us, so that'll, that'll be a good one. Yeah, she's really good. Yeah. Tremendously talented musicians in that band. Yeah. Her, uh, her husband that plays the keys, mm-hmm. the dude's real good. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good. That's cool. It's a small, small musical world. She and I talked about doing some stuff together, and yeah. it, it didn't ever pan out. Right. But uh, I, I wanted to. They're stylistically, uh, they do, they do a lot of covers. Yeah. Um, and but the originals that they do have are are really good. 
Yeah, we're trying to, I mean, back in the day, like, before there was, like, a, before the hip-hop scene had kind of developed out here, we were doing a lot of stuff with a lot of, like, funk bands and stuff yeah. like that, so I'm trying yeah. to, slowly trying to get back into that. Yeah, that makes for a cool bill. Yeah, well, like, the, the hip-hop stuff kind of, it got so big for a while that we, we kind of backed out of the process of booking our own shows. Like, yeah. there was so many promoters you know, paying us to come do these gigs and we kind of like lost touch with what, what our shows were, you know? Yeah. So we're trying to get, trying to get back into that. Yeah. Well, sometimes seeing people rap for five hours, you know, (laughs) yeah, it's bet. It's sometimes it's better to be like the only, the only one that's doing it that night. Yeah. That way it's kind of catches the crowd off guard and all that. Yeah. Sandwich it between two bands. Yeah. Yeah. It's better that way. Good bands. Yeah. That makes sense, and that makes sense from from a perspective of of the listener. You're getting an, an overall show. You're not just getting right. Hip hop dudes want to stick together and do an all hip hop show, but right? Like that's like cool. You just every said, now five there, hours of of eight different hip hop dudes, right? It's like, okay, well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of yeah. Rapping. Well, we run into the problem where you get a lot of promoters trying to make their money by putting in like ten acts. Oh yeah, on the bill. And they they make these like perfect world schedules where everything's running like a you know yeah. running like a smooth engine, and next thing you know this person this person has a drummer, this person has a right. different DJ, and then next thing you know we're we're headlining and we have to go on at like one thirty. Like, <laughs> right. I'm not okay with that. Yeah, I've been offered a bunch of those, and I always turn them down because those aren't geared towards putting together a good show. Those right. are geared towards making the bar money and making the promoter money. Right, and it really screws over. And like every band gets, screwed yeah, over. those can be good, but they're good for like the guy who was supposed to go on at ten and gets to go on at eleven now. Like, right, but right. Uh, it ends up it ends up screwing the headliner most of the time. So. Yeah, I like the idea of putting together a two or three band bill with a yeah. hip hop artist in the middle. Yeah, and then even to that, do you ever do hip hop shows with a live band? Yeah, we do. Um, that would take a certain amount of rehearsal. Yeah, a lot of people ask. Like, I get a lot of musicians like, "Yeah, like y'all, you know, y'all should do that as your main focus." But I don't know. I have enough trouble. It's expensive. I have enough trouble keeping the two or three people that I rap with, like, you know, I have enough trouble making those schedules work. Yeah, so yeah. adding five strangers in the mix probably, probably wouldn't work too well. Yeah. Uh, well, I can speak to that in that it is extremely <laughs> difficult. It doesn't work too well. <laughs> I, yeah. run, I was running an eight-piece band for about three years, and it yeah. is really, really hard to do. Yeah. But, you And, know, like, I don't know. You got to find people who have the same vision that you have, and that's really hard to right. do. And well, so I don't it, know. It's like if I don't know. I I get that that's cool, but if I if I go see uh, I don't know. If I go see Wu Tang, I'm gonna be disappointed if it's a band. Like right. I just I want to see those songs how the songs are. You know. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. There's an element of that in the New York scene. The dudes that are coming out of the New York scene that are that are kind of doing that, like Kendrick Lamar. Yeah, he's got he does the live band thing, and on that to pimp a butterfly record, he used a ton of big heavy hitter New York yeah. jazz dudes. Well, that's I mean, I don't know. They're still making beats though. Yeah, but well, I'm not saying that that's right or wrong. I'm just that particular right. record ended up being really cool. Yeah, but it was about half and half. I mean, it wasn't on every track. Right, right. And you know, it it calls for it. 
in certain settings and yeah. and but I when you see him live when he he's got a, a full band that does it but they're playing the tracks too right so you're not missing yeah anything. I mean it it can be done and it's good but I don't know I, that I just, record was unbelievable I'm by like, the way to pimp a butterfly unbelievable yeah. record yeah it's a good one it blows my mind still listening to it yeah I got in when that came out I was I was real into it for a couple months. I need to need to revisit it. I didn't care for he put out a bunch of stuff that they recorded that they didn't release like if that where they before they cut it down to the record. The, that was like the next project they put out. Yeah. It's like uh It was untitled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Yeah. And they were good. I think they were as good. I, they didn't make the record, right. so they weren't There's as a reason. Good. Yeah. yeah, but but it was it was still cool, but man, that record is He's he's on a different level in terms of of he's doing it from a, a different place. He's not just talking about stuff that he's got. Like he's talking right. about real real issues and real things. Right. And doing it and putting it to you in a very aggressive way. Yeah, that's what's cool. Cause there's a lot more of that that kind of shit going on now. Yeah. So for a while for a while it wasn't looking promising, but there's some <laughs> there was <laughs> a weird <laughs> 7 or 8 years. Yeah, there's was too much Lil Wayne. Yeah. Uh I like Lil Wayne. I mean, you know, Sometimes, sometimes, <laughs> some of it. There's, there's, there's some parties that, uh, that call for that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's all. It, there's a place for all of it, for sure. Or it wouldn't come across my radar. You know what I mean? Right. Enough, if enough people like it, that it comes across my desk. Right. You know. Yeah, I get like I have to be careful because I get thrown in this like old school hip hop like old has been category. If I if I like complain about too much new rap so i try to just get like, old yeah i try to just stay in my lane i don't i don't try to hate on too much too much stuff nah it doesn't do a lot of good right doesn't really do any i don't good. like to i don't like to put that negativity out there usually no but that's okay that's a good way to go about it you're not you're not pissing anybody off for a while for a while that was my style but now nah, i'm just like oh whatever yeah they're they're having fun i guess <laughs> Yeah, I say that about a lot of people. I'm like, yeah, wow, they're doing their thing. <laughs> good for him. Yeah, 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 good, good for you. It's not how I'm I, gonna be it's over not here. Not how I would have done it, but yeah. good for you. <laughs> yeah. So, do you have any? Are you working on some new stuff? Are you working with other artists, or what? Are you uh, going yeah, on right now? I mean, pretty much. Uh, I started this studio in June. Yeah. So, pretty much working <laughs> most nights yeah. up here. You know, I got a few different projects like. With me, I I make a few, like, I don't know, different styles. As far as the uh, beats I like, there's a few different moods that I'm consistently on. It's just a, a matter of uh, gaining the, the right material to make a whole project. Yeah. So Moods like what? Uh, just, you know, there's, there's different kind of production I like. Uh, say, like, some beats that are kind of darker, like sadder jazz piano stuff. I don't want to put that on the same thing as like some clavinet yeah. funky. Like yeah. I, I like to set keep the project separated, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's just a matter of me coming in here and making stuff, just making song after song until I get enough, you know, enough tracks for to fulfill the project. Yeah. Do you get a lot of artists coming to you saying, "Hey, I've got this thing. I want to try it out. Can you help me with it?" Uh, yeah. There's I'm pretty, I'm not like open to a whole lot of new clients 
but there is a couple groups that I've been working with for a few years mm. that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much have, I'm pretty much behind the scenes, real hands on yeah. on a lot of their stuff. So that's some of my favorite part of, of it. Yeah. Being, it's... doing, being in the studio and just creating, whether it's mine or someone else's, I really, really enjoy. Right. Yeah. I like the idea of like, uh, when people look back on, on different like cities and scenes, you know, a lot of times they'll have that kind of sound. So yeah, for I sure. Like, I like helping out with that. Like when people, uh, you know, in the future, when they look back on this era of like Denton hip hop or whatever, like a lot of it, it's going to have a consistent sound. It's because a lot of the people, you know, I'm, they're coming through here and yeah. kind of helping put my touch on it. Yeah, that's so. good. That's a, that's a much broader view than most people probably have on, on art. Yeah, I mean, there's like music. Yeah, there's you know it. It's not gonna be for everybody, but you know, there's definitely a few groups out here that uh, I think they recognize. I definitely have something to offer. You know, something to bring to the table. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you definitely do. I've always enjoyed the stuff that you've put out. I haven't listened to to all of it, admittedly, but I've always been a fan, and I definitely have told a lot of people to check you guys out. Hell yeah. They like that kind of stuff because there are a lot of people that that enjoy that style, and that's my style. You know what I mean? Right. When, when I'm in a hip hop mood, that's what I go to. I go to 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 guys like you and and the people who you took influence from. So yeah, that's my thing. I just try to you know try to make the kind of shit that I want to hear. And, yeah. You know. I do the same thing. I think that's a good philosophy. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that wants to hear that. So no, kind of works out. No, our tribe wouldn't put out a new record. Right. Right. But that's a good way to go about it. You're, you're satisfying yourself yeah. first. And if you're doing that, other people will recognize that yeah. that's something real. Yeah. And I like to, um, I think some, some that I help people with, uh, that I've been, kind of experiment with the last i don't know couple years is kind of downgrading some of the recording qualities on some of the records and kind of a out-the-box way of of, uh, engineering so well that's a popular thing now that lo-fi sound yeah you can get put really clean vocals over top of a lo-fi or dirty up the vocals as much as you want that's that's a pretty popular sound right so there's a lot of like a lot of really good engineers out here but I think I don't know if they don't if they don't listen to hip hop and aren't aren't necessarily familiar with with what certain groups are trying to do they're gonna they're gonna swing and miss big time yeah on the on the engineering part of it yeah yeah I guess that would be a, a big trouble when I go to the studio it's generally with people who I've been recommended to that know how to do what I'm trying to do right so yeah I can I can speak the language of you know hip hop like of I've heard pretty much everything, <laughs> so I know yeah. I can immediately like hear hear the song and kind of bring something to the table that they they would have never thought of as far as different tricks to try. And yeah, that's important. You got that that producer ear is is invaluable. It's right, utilized for guys like that that they have this vision but they don't know how to flesh it out. Right, you know if you're able to help people with that, that makes you a pretty valuable commodity. Right, especially with hip hop because there's so many. Um, there's so many like unconventional like tricks like the lowering the pitch on the voice and like yeah there's shit like that that a lot of a lot of engineers aren't gonna have the experience with like accommodating that request you know yeah yeah or even some auto tune or something, wanting you know? to do it <laughs> right exactly like, can you do this nah I don't right know. right right 
but in here when I'm like engineering a song, like I can since I DJ, I can throw scratches on it and like yeah, you know I can I can add to the table kind of as a songwriter as well, you know yeah. Other than just other than just recording and making it sound good. Yeah. Well, yeah. To speak to the to the overall scene and the thing that you're helping to create, that's that's important. You've got your style and people come to you for that and then but then if they can come to you and you can do something else, that's right. That makes for for you that makes you pretty useful right. overall. Makes me feel better about, you know, char- charging them what I you know. Sure. Yeah. They're like Yeah. It's more expensive, but you know he's he's putting an actual effort into it instead of just treating yeah. treating it like a job. Yeah, you're gonna get close to closer to your vision. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I've been in a handful of studios where we I booked five days and I after the second day I just pulled it and said this isn't gonna work. Yeah, you know I gotta yeah. go somewhere else. So do you just how do you how do you go about finding a studio? Uh, generally I will ask people, I, I don't like to use the same studio all the time, but I do have right. an engineer that I yeah. use. And yeah. so I'll take him with me. Right. But I'll generally ask someone if I, if I hear a record that I like, uh, by someone can do your research Yeah, by, or by someone that I know I'll, I'll find out generally I try to stay within the state yeah. or, or within a reasonable distance. Yeah. Cause I gotta take a lot of people with me and put them up for five days. If we do that, if we're out of town. Yeah, that's the weird part is all the every room you're gonna go in is gonna, you know, have a different sound. Yeah. And depending on what yeah. processes they're using and all that. Like. Yeah, and that's why I like to kinda have heard a final product first. Right. And so and then like I said, I've got a, an engineer that, that I trust that I take with me. Right. Which kind of A lot of places are weird about that. They are, and I have to you have to make sure that they're not beforehand. Yeah. You know, but you can usually talk yeah. into I, it. And like I I kind of get it, you know. I do too, <laughs> totally. Know, I don't necessarily want, you know, someone I don't know coming in here playing with my shit. I agree. I agree. Know. Well, the guy that I use has a lot of good credentials, and yeah, you know, and and I can kind of talk my way yeah. into it. Usually, that's only yeah. not worked out once. Yeah, where they were like, "Now, nah. when it was because they wanted to charge more, right, to rent the room and to be the engineer. They didn't want just the room price, right. It was more what it was, but." So, but I mean, I, I doesn't cost me less because I'm paying him either way. You know what right. I mean? But I like to have a good room and I like to have a good thing. But you know, you can you can do a lot. Like I was saying earlier, before we got started, I've got this studio set up in my house, and I'm getting pretty good sounds out of it. Yeah. But if I had an engineer in there in that room specifically that knew what they were doing with my equipment, yeah. It would sound a lot better, probably, right. which is why if I ever do try to use it, you know, I'll just send them off for mix and master. But yeah. that's how I like to do it. And if we go somewhere out of town, you know, we'll take the whole band. We'll book out three or four or five days and, yeah, you know, spend 15 hours, you know, a day yeah. trying to really crank it yeah. all out. I definitely like the idea of that, but it just hasn't financially that hasn't, you know, it made more sense for us to just do it since we know how to do it, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, it's two sides of the same coin because if you like, you are capable enough to do and you know how to do and you have a good ear, there's no reason not to, to do it yourself. You know what I mean? That was the reason I set up a studio in my house was that I was going to save myself a lot of headache and money. Yeah. Making demos and just fleshing out ideas and potentially making something that would work. And there's no reason not to, if you can. Right. You know what I mean? But 
There's all kinds but, of records were yeah. made in people's living rooms. There's no reason. There's yeah. nothing that says that that's the wrong way to do it. Sometimes there's the uh, there's an advantage of also just going as the artist instead of not having to worry about all that. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of something I've always been interested in. But yeah, just yeah. to go and only have to focus on you know making the music instead of yeah messing with mics shorting out and all <laughs> right. that you know right yeah that's always a thing gremlins in the studio yeah every yeah every studio's haunted that i've ever been in <laughs> yeah for sure like, yeah i have this theory like you can give you can give 10 engineers all the exact same equipment and no matter like everyone how they set it up there's going to be some weird little like oh yeah you have to bang the thing twice and <laughs> right turn off turn off the light and then then it'll work like yeah every, every studio's got some weird like kinks about it yeah yeah well this plug bl- uh, buzzes when this light switches on so right, if right. you're gonna plug your amp yeah. into this one i gotta turn this light off and right <laughs> turn, turn yeah. this lamp on yeah all of them are like that i recorded at uh the uh, the last well the second to last uh, two records ago i did um full studio record i recorded january sound in dallas i've heard of that and uh that's one of the if not i think it's, it might be the oldest room in dallas oh damn it's old and they've he's got i mean walls worth of racks of, of equipment it's unbelievable to go in there does he use a lot of that shit still yeah he uses all of it and he does he's done a lot of pretty big records in that in that studio and i went in there and it was exactly like that it was one of those like I gotta turn this light off. We gotta, yeah, we gotta, you, you gotta stand in this corner so you don't get this buzz. Like, only the left ear works in that headphone. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. It's funny, man. But, but you know, you get a lot of, you go. You, that vibe goes a long way. Yeah, you get for me know, anyway. Yeah, you're gonna find some different inspiration out yeah. of all those places. Yeah, I like studio, man. That's like I said before that whether it's for me or for anyone else. Like if you and I were to collaborate on something for you, like I would, I genuinely enjoy just creating yeah, music. Yeah. That creating in general, like I've, I've tried to get my hands in as many like media outlets that I can. Yeah. Just, uh, just, I, I like the idea of just make, making something that's just going to be there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's your legacy. Yeah. And that lives on. Are there a lot of other dudes in town doing what you're doing? Um, on the on, in the same kind of vein that you're doing it in, as far as what, like hip doing hip hop stuff and and producing and doing, yeah, yes and no, yeah, like from an outsider, yes, but like you were saying earlier, like it's it's really a small community if you think about it. But uh, there's pretty much two guys, the two favorites of mine that I think as far as uh are making their own beats, doing all their recordings. Uh, there's a guy named Richie Flo. I make a lot of shit with him. And then Jesse, the other guy, uh, Juicy the Emissary, is what he produces as. But he's in Fab Deuce with me. So cool. um, both of those guys, I kind of, throughout the years, we've taught each other a lot of things. But as far as like his, my, my alley of uh, hip-hop that I'm making and, beats that I'm producing and stuff, those two are probably the guys that are the most similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, there's definitely a bunch of people that rap, but there's not, not too many engineers that are that are actually doing it 
on a quality level. Yeah. There's a lot of people recording themselves. Sure. But, well, but garage um, band makes yeah. it so easy. I mean, those like <laughs> it just so happens those are the two dudes that I happen to work with a lot. But even before we all knew each other, we were we were doing the same shit like when we were all little kids, you know. Yeah. So once we met, we we ended up having a lot of, a lot in common, and that's why we why we do work on stuff together now. But yeah. um, as far as just always, uh, you know, recording your own stuff and handling production, yeah. yeah, those those two dudes. Yeah. Did you? Uh, when did you start doing it in terms of like wanting to do it as a profession? Like well, I know that you were doing it in high school, but when you got out of high school, like what, how did you make that transition? Um, did you go to college? Yeah, I went to, well, I went to Dallas Media Tech. Mm-hmm. So just straight into the recording. Yeah. Well, we started, yeah, we started doing shows like towards the end of my senior year yeah. or like paid shows where with your brother. Yeah. So that kind of, I was like borderline about to go play baseball in college and. I don't know. I'd I'd played so much sports growing up that I felt like I'd kind of achieved everything I needed to achieve from sports. I felt like I'd got that out of the way. Sure. So that was uh, something I was already making money doing. So I felt like it was, you know, time to time to do that instead. Yeah. So yeah, I went I went for engineering. It was about a two year process. But I tell everyone like. The shitty part about it is I went when I was 18, so I feel like if I went a little bit later, I would have taken taken better advantage of it, but then, I mean, it's hard to tell if I would have gotten to where I was if I didn't go to school sure. that early, so. Sure. Yeah, that's a weird, that's a interesting, not weird, it's an interesting time in your life when you're 18 and you graduate from high school and you're cast out into the society and, then, yeah. and society goes, all right, well, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? And you go what <laughs> right I'm 18 what do you yeah. mean i can't even drink yet right legally. yeah so i don't know i felt like if if i would have went later i would have paid a little bit more attention sure. um to the engineering like for other people's side because sure. when i was going to school i was just selfishly using all my free studio time for myself yeah and for the group so that was uh pretty much after that i was kind of I pretty much knew that I'm going to be doing this for a while, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, if you got the passion, if you're one of those people, uh, I'm the same way. Like I can't imagine doing anything else. I, I try, I worked, you know, a regular job for a few years and then went, I don't want to do this. I would much rather just play music. And I figured out that you, that you can, it's not impossible. You right. Know, and then start doing it. And i I can't imagine doing anything else. I'm not really good at anything else. Yeah, it's tricky for me because, you know, we did see some, we've seen some success around here and, you know, it's still, it's still going. Like we can still sell out pretty much any, any place we play at around here. But, you know, as far as uh, taking it to the next level, I feel like it's back to, I need to just focus on making the best music I can. Yeah. You know, for a while we were just, you know, throwing, throwing songs together. People like it. We're selling out the clubs, but now what, you know? So, yeah, I guess that is the question. What is the next level? Like, I, I guess in uh, this is probably where our, our genres differ 
in terms of the process of of gaining a larger platform right what's what is the next level and and what do you, how do you think it's supposed to going go? viral <laughs> like, is that really pretty, I, mean, I mean that's a huge part of it yeah in the entertainment uh, world yeah it's hard to tell i mean this world of of instant gratification and facebook and all yeah. that and downloads that probably is a pretty big yeah, but I mean, especially when but you, you can't control that. That's the shitty part about going viral is you don't know what's going to go viral. Right. You have any idea? Yeah. And that's crazy. and you don't want to dump too much money into promoting something. Yeah. That you know. Yeah. Could could be a waste. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm saying, like the main the main thing at, in my life right now, like, is just it's back to back to making a fuck ton of music. You know. Yeah. And because I. But when I was like stuff. 23 or 24, I thought my shit was the best shit in the world. Right. But now looking back on that, I'm like, I notice, I notice where I was lazy about certain stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, I guess that's the next step is make the, continue making the product better and better. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's what it's got to be for, for any yeah. artist, you know, you, you, if, once you get stagnant, you know, right. Everyone passes you by, you got to keep moving right you got it's hard to and for me especially the style of music that i like but it's it's hard to uh roll with the times a right. little bit and yeah. you, you had mentioned before you know that you have a an affinity for the the maybe more 90s style hip-hop yeah and and that style and that's but yeah. that's just even calling it that and referring yeah. to it as that indicates that that's not the current style right you know and what you, i mean yeah and you get a lot of people like yeah i'm making this because this is what the kids like and it's like, well, there's a fuck ton of 28 year olds out there too. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, absolutely. 16 like year olds aren't the only ones listening to hip hop right, right now. Like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's cool, I guess. But I run into the thing of people like, man, I, I could, I could make hip hop like, like y'all make, but uh, I do this because this is what the people like, and this is, you know, this is how you make money. It's like, well. There's eight people at your show, my man. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, like, what are you... So... <laughs> yeah. That's... Yeah, that's... Yeah. And that's... I, the, you When you start telling people what they're doing is is wrong. Right. Like, that's... Because you're like, as far as on our level, like, the people like what I make. <laughs> yeah. Know, but, so what... Who's but, to say? Like, right. that guy telling you, oh, I can do what you're doing, but I choose not to. It's like... Right. Okay, because well, this you, is where the money is. It's like, well... Yeah, apparently not. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's too it's really subjective in that way for sure, but it's the same thing on my end of it in in terms of the singer songwriter world. Of if you're not if you're not doing things that you can always I can always tell when someone wrote a song and is and and is singing it because they think it's going to be a hit song. Right, can always tell. Yeah. When someone comes up with a tag and it's so cheesy, but they know that they think that people are gonna they think this is hilarious or they're gonna really like this, you can always tell. Right. And and when you hear a song that maybe they wrote about the time they got divorced, yeah, that song may not be as good or it may just be whatever, but that song's gonna be better yeah. to me. And there's gonna be a lot of people that can relate to that. Yeah. A, you know, that's that's what I'm trying to get into is make like a valentine's day song uh 
Christmas song, like yeah. song that that someone can share every year on that day. There you go. You know? Yeah, that's this is my Fourth of July track. Yeah, there so you go. Every Fourth of July, every year, you can you can remarket it. You know. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I mean, I haven't done it yet, but no, <laughs> I probably won't either. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot. There's a million different ways to make a living in this industry, too. Yeah. And that's the, that's the cool part about it until it spreads you too thin. Right. And then you're not making any money. You're doing right. a lot of work. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about this podcast. I haven't put this much effort into something that generates zero dollars right. in a really long time. Yeah, man. But, but I it, really like doing it. Well, the thing that's cool is like these, you know, there's podcasts I listen to that I didn't get into till they'd already put out like a hundred of them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm going through and listening to all of them. Yeah. But uh, like I'm saying, the, the other dudes I record, they, I mean, they were just kind of same thing, just making it to make it. And yeah. they, they just got picked up by, by some network and they got like sponsors and shit now. So yeah. They're like, oh, cool. That's the dream. Well, let's keep it going. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Might as well. Yeah. yeah. That's the dream. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I have a couple sponsors that I, that I put on the beginning of these and, yeah. uh, you know, it's... It's not paying the bills, but it's right. fun. I enjoy right. it. I enjoy talking to people. And especially, I've been doing exclusively artists and musicians. Right. And I, I really get to enjoy getting to hear all the different aspects of the music industry from yeah. different Different processes. And- yeah, and different perspectives. Your perspective of the music industry and mine are probably very different, but right. also probably very Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's... At the end of the day, it's it's still it's more similar than than I would have with a lot of professions, you know. Yeah, for sure. It's entertainment as a whole, you know. And that's at the end at the end of of your set. If you're not if you weren't entertaining, you know, if I'm not entertaining, and I'm not gonna keep fans, right? And, and that's that's it. That's the bottom. It doesn't matter what genre. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're in the entertainment industry. You're having to. You're putting on a show, right? And there's a lot of value in creating music that you believe in and that you love and that means something to you. Yeah, but usually, if it's shitty, like, then no one's going to listen to it. Yeah, usually if someone's been gigging for over a few years, like you know, I, I'll tip my hat to them. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard no, to do, especially like if, you know if if I saw them when they started and there was no one, no one there because that's I don't know. I would have got back on the bike. Is as quick as some of some of the people I know did. You know? Yeah, I guess your introduction to it was was in high school and and started out pretty pretty high. Yeah, I mean a lot of that was because I was in high school. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right. I you know I was still seeing thousands of people every day. Yeah, you know? but yeah. it gets harder. Like we actually have to market and stuff now. But I mean, <laughs> how do you do that? What's your what's your marketing strategy? Uh, I'm I'm I like. The, I like going out, actually getting out there. I'm still old fashioned, giving people yeah. giving people uh, stuff that they can actually hold, handing out flyers, flyers and, and cards and promo stuff. And yeah, just uh, I think supporting other people too goes a long way. Yeah, because I'm gonna be more likely to go go check out someone if they're if they come to my shows and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of a I don't know. That's not, not kissing ass, but you know, no, just supporting just, other people yeah. who are doing what you're doing. I used to get into that argument with some with a couple of people when when I was doing a lot of local gigs. Yeah, and you know, you go, well, you do you know how many venues there are in town? You can't play every venue every night, right. so why not support 
like have a have a group of people that you think are good and right. and promote them into this place that you're playing and make this place better. Right. Why not do that and then support each other that way rather than just shitting on everyone? Yeah. You know, and saying, well, that guy's, you know, I play there. That guy's not good enough to play there. And it's like, well, yeah. you, you're you playing here tonight. Like, yeah. What difference does it make where that guy's playing? Yeah. And you never know who, like, who you're going to meet, whether it be someone important in the business or just, you know. Yeah. Take a shot with some guy, talk to him for 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. He's able to finally put a, uh, a face to the name. Mm-hmm. And then he actually hears your shit like, oh, I know that dude. Like, yeah. you know. So I'm, yeah. I'm a fan of that, just going out and actually meeting the people and yeah you know you never know artist wise who is going to make it and who's not yeah you know make it bigger at least than yeah. than the local scene yeah we get this like shitty like yeah well all y'all's all y'all's fans are your friends it's like well sorry i'm not a dick like yeah you know? right it's, yeah it's, i don't know sorry that they were my fan and yeah now we're we hang out like yeah you know it, it, i didn't just meet this meet all these people like, right you know that's a like lot that. of them started as fans actually you yeah know? but that sounds it's like just some jealous fucking hate <laughs> just petty nonsense yeah. <coughs> like, well he has me. a lot of friends that asshole <laughs> right well i can tell you from experience that if you have a lot of friends and your music is not very good then people won't show up to your shows because i can tell you that from personal experience <laughs> playing a lot of empty bars in my own hometown and then going okay well maybe it's me <laughs> it's not everyone else and then uh, i found with my own experience that there's a pretty big difference in my in my own musical experience that there's a pretty big difference between friends and fans Right. In that I have to keep I have to keep them separate because my friends won't show up regularly. Right. They'll show up when it's convenient for them. But my fans will show up regularly. Right. And I have to treat them differently. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's and that's sometimes always, they cross over, but yeah. but then you got to treat them differently and then that gets weird. Yeah, you got to be careful like you definitely don't want uh some people you can like ruin <laughs> ruin them from being a fan or whatever. Yeah. Show them how the sausage is made. Yeah, I try to take that uh the friendship too far, you know. Yeah. Like, that can sometimes backfire on you. Yeah. Yeah, that's happened in uh next thing you know they're really annoying. <laughs> yeah. You're like fuck this drunk. Yes. I fuck this drunk dude right now. I make it a pretty solid rule to not give out my phone number. Yeah. to fans. If they want to talk to me, I just tell them to message me on dude, Facebook. Got to get that Google voice. You know what that is? I don't know what that is. So Google gives away free phone numbers that'll, you can just direct it to your cell phone. Really? So it's a separate number. I didn't know that. So I've That's been, a good idea. I've been using that as my business line. All right. So I can turn off the texts if I want, like, <laughs> and it's free. So Okay. I'm going to look so, into that. Yeah. That's a good I'll idea. Definitely check it out. That's a good idea. You can be like, yeah, you can be, you can be real lovable then. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's my number, Incognito. bro. Yeah, just give it Start out to everybody. Post it on your music videos and stuff. <laughs> like Mike Jones. For booking. Yeah. <laughs> I still remember that. 281-330-8004. Yeah. See, I, don't, I don't know it, but... And yeah. you would call it, and it would be like, here's where I'm playing this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Did you call it? I, call, I called oh, it man. constantly. That's funny. <laughs> I, was, I always wanted someone to answer. I didn't know what I was going to say, but yeah. I always wanted someone to answer. That's funny. That was a fun time. For me, 
I was really into hip hop back in high school. Yeah, I mean, uh, that was a, and it was a fun time when there were a lot of artists and the scene kind of shifted from that late 90s to the early 2000s from Tribe Called Quest to like Cash Money Millionaires and like it totally TI like, Yeah, it totally turned into this yeah. pop movement yeah. versus this like uh, Tribe and and people in, in that era, they it was they were talking about stuff like civil rights things and they a lot of them had more of an agenda. Right. And then it kind of turned into pop music. Yeah. Where they were talking more I about mean, things that they owned. There was definitely pop, hip-hop shit back then, too, though. Yeah. I mean. Like, like, Will, like Will Smith. MC Hammer. And right. Fucking. So I, don't, I don't lump MC Hammer <laughs> into the same category as Tribe Called Quest. <laughs> they probably would appreciate that. Yeah. I never really considered those two things to be the same, but I guess, at the, you know, on, on the whole, I guess but they are. But there was still, you know, there was still your Vanilla Ices and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Local guy, yeah, he runs a metal band. Did you know that? Does he? Yeah, that sounds about sounds right. He's got a metal band, and they play. And then in the middle of their set, they'll do Ice Ice Baby, and they'll go back to doing metal. Of course, they do. That's the only reason you'd hire him. <laughs> right. You don't hire him for his metal. What's it's the not band? even good metal. What's the band called? I don't have any Me- idea. Metallic Ice. That's a good one. <laughs> I don't have any idea. That I'm should not, be a band. I'm not going to promote it because I don't want people to go look it up because it's terrible. Right. But I know that's a thing. I used to watch his house building yeah, his, uh, right. DIY show or whatever. <laughs> it's a house remodeling show. Yeah, that was a weird one. Yeah, he's a weird dude. Yeah. He's a weird dude. He try he was on what was one of those celebrity rehab shows. Yeah. Or something like that too. He was trying to hold on to that. That's funny. Vanilla ice. <laughs> Next, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know that's that's a funny thought. It's a funny thought, and to think that he lives in DFW and like you could just run into him at a grocery store. Yeah, is he a used funny to thought. he used to play at the Groovy Mule. Remember he that? did. Remember I do that remember spot? that. Yeah, I used to sneak in there. Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, my mom. <laughs> I have to say sorry, mom, about every month. <laughs> my bad. Yep. Nah, that's part of it. Yeah, they, but they get over it. Yep. So you've got that show coming up uh, on January 7th. Yeah. What else you got going on? You got some stuff coming out or some more um, big shows or what you got going on? Let's see. Last year, I don't know, 2015, I did, uh, I was in this like competition thing mm-hmm. and uh, I made it all the way to the finals and ended up not winning that. So Competition for what? Uh, it was just like a rap, a rap off. Yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. It was like a six round thing. So... I did that, spent a lot of time doing that, and then uh, after the finals, I've kind of just spent this whole year just, you know, kind of re- refocusing, like, new business plan kind of yeah. thing with the group, and, you know, got do that. Got a lot of the, got the comp- com- competitive nature out of the way, but, uh, I yeah. did the same thing. I yeah. quit. I quit booking my full band back in June. I took I took the last six months off. Yeah, because. Really needed it. Yeah, because we can, I don't know, it's. We're just trying to, like we were saying earlier, take it to that next step. Yeah. Just trying to figure out what, kind of what that is, you know, mm-hmm. more more visuals and uh, really just back to, just back to being in a creative place right now. Yeah. So. That's good. So we got we got that show. I think that week we're gonna release like a, a like new batch of Fabdu's tracks we've been working on. Cool. So we'll put that out and then right now we're doing like. Each each member in the group is responsible for putting together an album for the group, wow. so kind of 
trying a few different things. So. What do you mean putting together an album? So, like, all of our other projects are, we kind of mutually agree on everything. Mm. But this one, we're, you know, I'm in charge. So, yeah. So, like, all I'm picking out all the beats for mine and just, you know, kind of organizing the songs, who, who raps where, what chorus we're using. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all three of us are each putting together a different one. So Oh, that's cool. We're hoping, so, to, hoping to get, like, you know, just some different sounds out of it. Yeah. So, so you'll come together and pick, pick the best ones off of each one and then make an overall record, or you're going to release them separately? Release them separately. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so. Man, it's all the, all three of you on each right. one of them? Yeah, because, I mean, two of us make beats, and the other guy buys beats. So right. he bought he bought a stack of beats, so he's working on some. And then, uh, but it'll be all three of you rapping yeah and, and yeah oh, okay yeah. so the same lyrics with different music right essentially that's yeah a, that's a I cool mean, idea i mean writing new songs and stuff too like it's it's not going to be the same lyrics oh, okay three. so just just like i'm in charge of one the other guy's in charge of one the other guy's in charge of one and you know real write to the song that's a great yeah, idea like we'll still write together and yeah. all that stuff but uh I think it's just kind of like overseeing like the the project manager yeah kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah. so Kind of seeing seeing what happens, you know. I think that's a great idea because we all we all have a distinct like style of rap that we like. Yeah. It's very different yeah. from each other. Um and yeah, but it'll still sound like your group yeah, as yeah. a whole. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I it's gonna. Cool I mean, idea. like we still. I mean, if I hate the beat, I'm not gonna get on it. Like right. we still have a mutual sure agreement, but it's it kind of just lets yeah. lets everyone kind of focus and really do yeah do what they think the group should sound like yeah. you know that's probably really cool for your fans to yeah. get to get these alternative perspectives yeah i think of, it'll I but think it'll be good but it's still all of you you know as a whole right but right. it's this is this guy's version and this is that i think that's a great right. idea i would never do that with my like, band. i don't know <laughs> i don't know like if we're gonna i mean i guess we already started marketing that way but I don't know if we're just gonna put it out and be like it's Fab Deuce album. Like, yeah. I don't know like if a box set. Yeah, I don't know how how exactly we're gonna do it, but that's kind of that's kind of been what we were working on because uh, our last project was nominated for an Observer thing, mm-hmm. like the it was the best mixtape. Yeah. But the Dallas Observer. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we lost to Erica Badu, so. <laughs> most most people probably would. So I don't know why she was uh, still in the in the category. That is interesting. Yeah, it was 2015 best mixtape. So we were we were one of like five that yeah. was nominated. So that's pretty cool. So we lost that. So I had, that's a lot of name recognition so, though, because a lot of people vote on those things. Right, right, right. So that's so a lot of helped. brand recognition. We, we like dressed up and went to the award party. And, yeah, you know, cool. But so lost that, lost that competition. <laughs> so Haley's closed. So now it's like, all right, Pets well, heads let's, are falling uh, off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. What else? I guess outside of Andy's and you've got Dan Silverleaf. Does the basement? Do they still do music? Jane Jays? No. The 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 boiler room. Oh, behind uh, behind yeah, the so square. Turns out there. Music? Yeah, there's a boiler room in Dallas, so I think they had to change their name. Oh, so it's. The one that's below Abbey Inn, yeah, it's now Abbey Underground. But yeah, they they still do shows, and it's uh, what's going on? My power, it's not charging. My laptop's not charging. Huh? No. 
There it goes. There it goes. Uh, yeah, so they, it hasn't been charging so this whole time. <laughs> they still do stuff. Um, sounds really good there. There's okay, no, I don't. No I don't ever hear about anything happening there. I drive through there every now and then. To yeah, they uh, they kind of have a few different things. Do you know uh, Star Party? You know those guys? I've heard the name. I don't know. Yeah, so they do a lot of stuff there. Um, one of the dudes in that band does the booking, but yeah, yeah. they're they're still doing shows. That's cool. Um, our last. Our last Dent show was at Oktopia, but before that, we had played at Harvest House. Um, That's a cool outdoor. Yeah, that was cool for us because there's a when the weather's nice. There's like this uh, new FM radio station that's about to start, so they had like a uh, fundraiser type thing for it. So they had us headline, and it was max capacity there. So that's like you're looking at like 500 plus people at that. So that's great. So that was good. What kind of radio station? Um, it's just local, it's like going to be like a Denton only, you know, they're kind of just letting, letting different people that live here run programming. Like, yeah, that's cool. They're kind of open to whatever, like we've talked to them about, you know, hosting a little show once a week or every two weeks or something. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're really cool people. They're, uh, they seem open to just, you know, if you, if you come at them with the plan, they'll. You know, if they think it works for the station, they'll kind of let you, give you the freedom to do whatever you want, you know? Yeah. That's cool. That sounds like fun. I've always wanted to do that. Like yeah. The, a, like a weekly radio show. Yeah, and they're trying to do it all live, too. So that's, uh, I think that, that'll that throw in a yeah. a good twist. Is that going to be on the on the actual radio, or is it internet yeah. radio? Or yeah. Like it's, uh, on the dial? Yeah. I forget the, the digits, but it's KUZU is what cool. it's going to be called, so. Awesome. Yeah. Other than that, um, that's important. Think. There aren't very many of those around. KXT was doing that for a while, and then they got into they do pretty much exclusively indie rock now. Yeah. And they don't really support anything else. There isn't really anyone around here supporting. If you're outside of Texas country music, supporting right. local artists, up and coming artists. Yeah, they're yeah they seem real. Uh, you know, they they're like doing it for the community. So. It's going to be real community-driven and all that stuff. So That's cool. I'm That's trying cool. to think. Dan's, Dan's does some shows. Uh, they don't do too much hip-hop, but yeah. we play there every now and then. So Yeah, I like that place. We'll be there on Sunday. Yeah, I like it. It's weird, it's weird when we play there because there's chairs. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> generally, chairs don't work well with what, you know, yeah. what we like to do. But. Yeah sounds good and all that stuff so yeah that's probably the best in for my money that's the best venue in town yeah musically and, and sound quality wise yeah um i think it's the best but i always enjoy playing there dan's been taking care of me for a long time yeah but it took us a long time to build up a crowd in there oh yeah years worth of losing money did you have trouble there. with jimmy Oh yeah, well, I mean, Jimmy's Jimmy is Jimmy. <laughs> he's he's a phenomenal sound guy. I like Jimmy. I do too. I like him now, and he likes me now. But for a couple of years, we'd do we'd do about four shows a year in there. And he, he it's not that he didn't like me; it's he didn't know me, so he didn't. Yeah. He doesn't try to like you if he doesn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he doesn't go out of his way to be accommodating. Yeah, he thinks like all music sucks. Yeah, so it's like it's interesting. It's hard, he's hard to please. It's he is hard to please, <laughs> and he's very opinionated about gear yeah. and all that stuff. He's come around on me since we started doing bigger shows in there and doing pretty well. Yeah, same thing here. He, the uh, kind of came around. Juice, this and Fab Deuce with me. He has a little solo project, and I DJ for him. But uh, Juice's dad hangs out there a lot, and mm-hmm. so 
he's kind of warmed up to us. Yeah, once he does, he opens up. Yeah. And he, he he's dropped a lot of knowledge on me in terms of just recording and, and how to mic things. And right. I'll, I'll pick his brain. And once you get him started, you can't make him yeah. stop. Yeah, and it's cool because you, you play there once and you show up next time. He's He's got it under control. He knows, yeah, for sure. Knows what kind of what to expect. So. Yeah, he knows that room, like the back of his hand. He's been in there since they moved in there. Dude, that running sound, I don't know. I, I couldn't do it. It's tough. I do it every now and then. Yeah, just I'm for just, side money. It's I did it at Haley's a few times, and I learned it in school. It's just I don't know. It's just not for me. Yeah, well, to me, dealing with egos. Yeah. Is, to me, it's like being like a umpire or something. Yeah, like you're gonna go out there, and everyone's gonna be mad at you. I <laughs> no matter like, what, no matter how good you do, <laughs> right? Yeah, someone's gonna be fucking bombed. Like, yeah, for sure. Exactly like being an umpire, like a little league umpire. <laughs> right, right. Like all the You're parents gonna, are going to hate you. And someone's going <laughs> to think they know more. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, yeah. That's probably why Jimmy is the way that yeah. he is. He, he he knows more than anyone else that I know. And so for someone to go in there to his room and then tell him what to do would be. Yeah. I could see him, that happening in him yeah. being like, nope, we're well, not going to do that. Like from my experience, you get you get a lot of these venues, They they build the stage spend all this money on the bar. Um, you know, they're they're putting a lot of money into these places and then they want to pay the dude eight bucks to operate the equipment. Like Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well that's the exact reason what you just said <laughs> is the exact reason my full band went to in ears. Yeah. And we bought all of our own microphones, we bought all of our own cables and all of our own stands. Yeah. So the entire stage was was my equipment. Yeah. And so, so that you just way run it. You run one channel in, into the mixer or what? Yeah. Well, yeah. we'd run them a left and a right. I hired a sound guy, and we we could run our ears in the front of the house off the same console. And yeah. if we didn't hire a sound guy, it still sounded the same to us. Right. Because all the mics were the same night after night. Right. In the same place, in the same instruments. So, same volume level and all that. Yeah. And so it's at least to me and my ears, it sounds great. And then whoever's running it out front can, can do whatever they're doing. But we, because there was a handful of times where... Like, we had four horns at one point, and there weren't yeah. enough, like, the venue didn't have enough mics. Yeah. And so they had to, like, share a one microphone. They for can't two even, horns. like, fit on stage. And yeah. Shit. And they're like, you're trying to put four, four horns into one wedge mix, and no one can hear anything. So they're, they're blowing harder and harder and right. blowing their lips out and sharing a microphone and putting a 58 on a kick drum and crap like that. And you're just going, this is bad there's no possible way this sounds good right <laughs> front. and so i just i just i dropped a bunch of money into it and went at least when i can't afford a sound guy at the very least it'll sound good to me right and we'll play better because right. we're not worried about it right at the very least they'll have all the tools they need to make us sound good and whether or not they do is up to yeah them. yeah but, we run into some some issues for sure yeah <laughs> it's rough man getting into those yeah. places like that and 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 the times that you know like doing festival sets you have to you have 15 minute changeover for yeah. a full band well because we we use uh a lot of guests in the set too so yeah. and i don't i don't want to i don't want to have six live mics like you know yeah so that's rough i usually try to keep it at a three mic you know yeah because three, three mic setup but you guys are moving around a lot right and so. you get people alternating and like I think a lot of times the worst thing they can do is try to overmix, you know. Oh yeah. I I would prefer them just leave them like how they are. Like yeah. we'll you know, we're yeah. professionals. We'll we'll work around it if we can, you know. Yeah. You ever thought about getting the the wireless headset mic? You could be like Janet, <laughs> like her. Janet Jackson. Yeah. We definitely <laughs> thought about it. Get your Mariah yeah. Carey yeah. on. 
<laughs> thought about it for music video purposes only. There you go. That's funny. That would be a, a thing, a different thing, for sure. Would that be frowned upon in your industry? <laughs> I don't know. It, it could probably go either way. <laughs> You're bordering on boy band yeah, status at I that could, point. Yeah, I could pull it off in Den, but <laughs> I think if we went to Dallas and tried to do that, it'd be a little different. Yeah. You, both of your hands are free. You like, dance. What the fuck? Yeah, then you guys can choreograph. Yeah. Then the Dallas. Then your boy bands. Dallas hip hop shows are tricky. Are they? Yeah. I've never it's been to one t- in Dallas. Yeah, you know. Like local Some of guys? them are really good, but yeah. You get a lot of people. You do a lot of shows where everyone there raps, so it kind of, you know, kind of takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Just a bunch of people watching you that think they're better than, you know. <laughs> Standard musician stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you going to, to do a show and it's like yeah, only guitar players there. Yeah. And they're just. <laughs> and I'm just looking at them. Yeah. Going, Missed a note, bro. Yeah, but, yeah, that sucks. I hate being that person on stage and you get the side eye from somebody and you're yeah. like, all right, well. You don't have to concern yourself with what I'm doing. Just do your thing. I'll do mine. <laughs> right. We can all be friends here. Right. Mr. Blues guy up here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I uh, when you I guess when you release your stuff digitally, what do you classify it as specifically? Are there subgenres of hip hop and rap and all of that, or do you just broad stroke it with hip hop? Uh a lot of times it's like predetermined categories that I have to pick from. Right. So there's, I don't know, I think I'll do like a hip hop and then there's some, usually some sort of like jazz funk subgenre type yeah. thing. Um, then I'll usually pick like party. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. People like, people like party, the word party. So they do. Um, that, at the heart, the most important for me is tagging like the, the famous artists that I think, right, we would sound like, you know, Pandora Radio. And yeah, all yeah, that yeah. Because you don't want it like you. There's some people we may sound more like, but they may. I try to pick someone like a little, a little higher than sure. you know. That makes sense. So. That's a good way to get out there. Pandora and Spotify and all that stuff like that. It's it's. The payout is horrible, yeah, and their company policy is terrible, yeah. But it's such a necessary evil for guys like you and me, yeah, I for mean, that exact reason, yeah. Like, I don't know. We definitely get a lot of like overseas love and stuff, but that's good. It's not like, you know, I still have to work. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not it's it's good if you look at it just as extra income. Yeah, but I mean, fortunately, I'm I do. I'm not only just recording songs, you know, so yeah. there's other ways to put food on the table, but yeah. um, I don't know. If you look at it as just, you know, all this is going into savings and I don't yeah. care, just set it and let it do its thing, then it can be really cool. But um, I think it's, I think something's going to change within the next few years, like something big. How so? As far as, uh, I don't know, because... It all happened, like, all the streaming and stuff happened so fast that they didn't really, no one got a chance to, like, regulate anything. Like, Yeah. I don't. For sure. I think they're still trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Like, because there's definitely a lot of people that are super unhappy about it, you know. And and I imagine, like, BMI and ASCAP and all of them are fighting for it and stuff, too, you know. Yeah. Well, they're fighting I'm, for whatever version of it benefits them. Yeah, it's I don't the, know what they're. What it's benefits. hard to tell. Are they? Does it benefit a company like that more? 
or less. Which part? The like the streaming. The streaming. Yeah. Well, it benefits the company like that more when it's a artist that's getting a shitload of streams. Right. It doesn't benefit them at all if I if when I do it. Right. Because they're not getting any revenue out of me. Right. So I think that that is what I mean when I say they're fighting for what for the version of it that benefits them the most. Right. And not what benefits everyone. Because what what's good for Justin Timberlake is not necessarily good for me. Right. Because I mean, we're, he's going to have a different deal than he's, we he, get to. He's mm-hmm. going to have a different deal. He's got a different perspective on the industry that, than we have. Right. You know, he's he's in a different genre. He's there's a million reasons why that doesn't work. And so that's I think that's one of the biggest problems with creating regulations for things like that. Yeah. For art. Creating a regulation for art is a it's a crazy thing to say out loud. Yeah. But it has to happen. But at the same time, it's gonna turn into the same old thing where where the people who are making the money are going to be the ones who determine right where the money comes from. And it's only going to be determining how to make them more money. And so guys like you and I still have to be guerrilla about it and hand out flyers and pay $50 for a Facebook ad right. or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Whatever you got to do. Yeah. And there's, you know, it's, it's weird. And then you, be, if you ever get to become part of the clique and be one of the big boys at the party, the whole thing changes and everyone wants to accommodate you and you go, well, where were you 15 years ago? Right. You know, when I was, right scraping by like well i'm gonna go ahead and keep all the publishing now that y'all didn't want it yeah <laughs> yeah you then. said you told me no 10 yeah. years ago now now you want it no right. you don't get it now yeah. yeah it's i don't know like i'm trying to like i don't know i'm trying to get myself set up to where if like at this point if me or like one of the few dudes in my immediate circle like do see some success like i'm set up to have i have a really deep catalog so yeah I'm, I'm set up to to make a lot of money, but yeah, if or when that will happen, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, you don't know, and that's the problem. You don't know how to make something go viral because you can't force something to right. go viral. You don't know what people, what the next yeah. thing is that people are going to latch on to. Yeah, even like, uh, I think it's like one of my songs, the one I was talking about on Pandora earlier. It's like, it's I think it got like 40,000 streams or something. Mm-hmm. And then my songwriter cut was like six bucks, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's terrible. But there was like five writers on the song. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's there's that. Terrible. And I know like I'm still owed more money, but I don't imagine it's going to be anything, anything life-changing. Sure. But when I first saw that, I'm like, shit, like we're going to Vegas. Right, <laughs> right. But uh, not I don't $6, you're not. If I get it sorted out, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't know. I hope it's a lot, but yeah, that's such a weird thing. And but, like you said, it is so unregulated that someone's going to have to really come along yeah. and make a big stink about it before it even gets regulated. Yeah. It's like, that seems like a lot, like 40,000 sounds like a lot, Yeah, but I don't know, like yeah. how much, how much plays do you have to fucking get? Like, yeah, royalties payouts are, are pretty thin. And that's why, you know, guys like you and me, we have to rely on playing live shows Yeah, and, and, Physically selling things, handing someone a merchandise, right? And taking their money, right? So it's yeah, online stuff is weird, but at the same time, it costs infinitely more money to print a thousand CDs than it right. does to just throw it on iTunes, yeah. yeah. But you don't get nearly as much return, yeah. 
I like, I don't know. I definitely still participate, you know. I make it available and all those things. So sure. I do, you know, I definitely see the benefit of it. And I, I actually listen to a lot of my music that way too. So yeah, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I am too. Yeah. I'm a consumer. I'm a Spotify consumer. Yeah. As much as I hate Spotify. Yeah. It's so easy to do. Yeah. I mean, it really is. It's not, I can't. I can't go anywhere in Denton and find the music that I that I want to listen to unless it's one of my buddies like right. I can get that stuff but Yeah. I mean it's 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 more beneficial to support the artist but if I can just listen to it now instead of w- wait for it to ship and, <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's a double-edged well. sword, man. It's a necessary evil and it's unregulated and it sucks. But if it were regulated to where it benefited the artists, then it would have never taken off to the point that it did because they wouldn't have made any money. Right. This it's a weird it's a weird time to be in the in the industry right now. Yeah. Cuz you can I can I can sit here with this equipment that's on this table with this two track DAW and I can record a, a, an acoustic guitar and my vocals, and I can mix them down in Logic. That you brought from home. That I brought from my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I can do this in my living room, and, yeah. I can, and, and I can pay some company to have it on iTunes by tomorrow. Yeah. I can make a whole record today. Yeah. And thousands of people are doing that, did and you, it floods the market. Did you see that Sleepify thing that happened? Yeah. That shit's crazy. And it worked. Yeah. And they made like $20,000. Yeah. And then they changed the rules. <laughs> you yeah. can't do that anymore. Yeah. But yeah, I think it was a great idea. Yeah. That's they, how crazy it is. Is like these guys went viral for this genius story. Yeah. And they made 20,000. That's not that. I mean, it's not know, that, it's much, not that for much. The amount of plays is like got, it, it that, that story blew up, but it's still, it's like, yeah. man, they had to, they did all that. And yeah, you know, they survived for two months and then yeah, back well, to the drawing board. Paid their paid their record off and yeah. then that was it. Yeah. But and then immediately Spotify changed their rules to where you can't do that. And that's exactly what is the rule in that? Like well, I've, I've always wondered about like I don't think there was one to that point. Like what's stopping me from just looping all my shit nothing, over and over? Nothing but there's because it's actual music. There's their yeah. theory was that it was just silence. Yeah. And that was what they. But is, I mean, is that allowed though? Like, can yeah. can I just loop my shit? Absolutely. Yeah. And you can tell all your fans to do yeah. it. I mean, I I definitely do it, but I I don't know. What was I appealing got, about that though was that it was it was yeah silence. It was, just silence, it was yeah. like thirty second tracks, and so each one of them paid the same amount as a five minute track. Yeah. And they were just leaving it on all night while they were sleeping, and it wasn't making any noise. Right. I got in trouble by YouTube once, cause. Uh, I got I got the shit set up where I was getting paid off ads or whatever, mm-hmm. and I uh, I would open up my channel and me and my buddy we would like open like thirty windows right like within our browser all right and let, and let them all loop and we were we were up to like we were getting like twelve bucks a day yeah and like right before our first check they like emailed me and they're like yeah your account's closed yeah. <laughs> they're like it's all coming from the same IP address they're like yeah you can't do that so that <laughs> ever since then like with the whole Spotify thing I'm like I don't I don't know if I should if I should go that route again but yeah I don't know, I don't know either I don't know how it's, that works. it's a it's a weird I keep saying it I don't think anyone reads the terms and services on anything no so I, no. I haven't like dove in to see like if they caught me but I think I have enough music like if I put like my eight or nine albums like on a loop that it it wouldn't be too obvious like no you know. 
Well, if you're just putting it, doing it in one browser, yeah, then you're just streaming it, and yeah. listening to it, yeah. So, I don't know. That's a weird. That's a good idea if you have the fan base to do that and just yeah. turn it on and mute it and go to sleep and leave yeah. it on. Yeah, you know. But it's drops in the bucket, man, because yeah. you get the payouts like one one hundredth of a penny per play. Right. It, yeah. It it's not, it, it, that's that's what's weird. It changes like. Yeah, but it's you never, have to have so many hundreds and thousands of fans yeah. doing it yeah. before it even makes any kind of difference to you. Right. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. It's a crazy thing. And then you get people like Taylor Swift and Prince and these people who, who take their stuff off of it because yeah. it's so crappy. Yeah. And it's like, well, I appreciate you taking that stand, but you're already a millionaire. It right. doesn't really affect you. Right. I don't have that option because if I don't have my music on Spotify, that's where most people are going to find it. If it's not on YouTube and it's not on Spotify. Do you know that YouTube right. is the second most used uh, search browser in the world? I can see that. Behind Google. Yeah, YouTube I can see that. is number two. Yeah. And so if you don't have your crap on YouTube, then what are you, like, what are you doing? Right. Like, it's not on there. And, and so you have to do it. Yeah. And you can monetize it. YouTube is a little bit better about paying out royalties, though, because they have their, their system set up. And you get paid out royalties like you get paid on the radio. You get your eleven and a half cents for how many? How many streams per stream? It's paid out like radio, the way I understand it. YouTube, yeah, eleven and a half per. That's how radio pays out. Damn, and I, then that's split up between the, the the writer, the artist, and the label. Damn, I'm missing something then because I ain't getting that. I'm Must pretty sure that's wrong. And I'm pretty sure that's how that's how it goes. See, it's tricky though because. I've heard the argument with radio where they like it's being it's being played to so many ears when like you may be getting X amount of Spotify plays, but that's to one set of ears every time. Yeah, I don't know if I subscribe to that because if that's the case, I would rather it go on Spotify if all those people are going to listen to it. Right. But the payout is. Yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a slippery slope. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard about that. I haven't heard, about, really that. About, it like heard that. about that YouTube thing. Yeah, but. well, if you if your music, if you have ISRC codes and all your stuff, and you put it out there, it's on yeah. BMI, it's yeah. registered, and it plays on YouTube. They have like if you tried to take if we didn't know each other and you found one of my songs and you put it in your video of like a picture collage of right. like your vacation picture collage right and you use my music as the bed music yeah you get the sync licensing or whatever right yeah you get that which is pretty much the same as being played on the radio or they'll tell you to take it down oh okay they'll come Damn. to you they'll send you I an didn't email. realize it was that much they'll pause that's, that's tight yeah they'll hold your video off and they'll say do you are you allowed do you have written consent to use this yeah, music yeah if not we're going to monetize it right or take it down yeah we have the thing where i like i give permission for people to use it but yeah it, it puts ads automatically on there or whatever yeah but you got to do that yeah just course. another small stream of income yeah why not if you just get your hands in as many many things like that you can yeah yeah but eventually it'll you know they'll add up ideally anyway i don't know right and like I'm saying is if one thing takes off then, you know, you've got you've got the whole your whole catalog that that can catch on. Mm-hmm. It's like one of ours got on some like it's like best of that's like two thousand sixteen hip hop and like we had some song that just ended up there, but that playlist has like I think it has like eight thousand followers. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I mean it's getting played but it's not I mean, it's nothing crazy. Yeah. It's just brand recognition. 
But. Yeah, I look at stuff like that like a business card. Yeah, honestly, yeah. like I look at my lot my physical records as business cards. Yeah. If someone comes up to me and I go, it's fifteen bucks, and they go, well, I've only got six. I go, well, take it anyway, because <laughs> right. I'd rather yeah. you have it than yeah. not have it. You I used to I mean? charge compliments. Right. Yeah. Like, like, just come tell me that you liked it, and I'll. <laughs> you yeah, can have you it. can have one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's that's it's cool. That's uh, I don't. That, I, I spent that money. That money's long gone. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not getting it back. Yeah. it's it's a business card. You're you're raising awareness for your brand at that yeah. point. You got to do whatever you can do. Yeah, to but do that for the most part. Like that's that's when you get people that actually just give you money for it. You know. Yeah. When I was doing that, like just giving them away, that's yeah. when you're gonna get people like, Nah, come on, man. Yeah. Or ask There's for ten bucks. Or just anything. donations. Yeah. Just. Give me just give me a donation. I'll give you a CD, and then people give you fifty bucks, and you're like, "What? If I had charged you fifteen, you wouldn't have given me fifty. You're right. giving me a twenty and tell me right. to keep change." Yeah, exactly. So yeah, now that's an interesting thing. That's what a lot of the uh, a lot of comedians are doing that these days, like stand up comedian, like Louis C.K. Yeah, he doesn't charge for tickets through Ticketmaster. He charges them through his, his own website, website. Yeah. and he makes more money doing that than he does than he ever made otherwise. Yeah, I mean, it's a great. It's a great guerrilla system. But guys like that, again, going back to that, he can do that because he's already a millionaire. Yeah. So it's not going to hurt him if he does. If I try to do that yeah. and I don't make any money, then I'm yeah. screwed. Not or over. if you like, you try to play a show and tell the bar you're going to have your own door guy there. And be like, no. Yeah. Not happening, man. A lot of bars are not into that. <laughs> yeah. And that's weird to yeah. me. It's like, well, you're just immediately telling me that you're going to do something shady. Yeah. Like right off the bat. Yeah. But, I mean, there's also the TABC like shit. So... Yeah, I don't know if that has so much to do with who's getting in the door. Not necessarily your own door guy, but someone up there. I right. guess not your own guy checking IDs, but right. if you if you have someone sitting have there, there with, with, their, a with their eye on it, yeah. Yeah, so you got to do that a lot. I do a lot of places that have a guarantee versus, yeah. and then I know that there are 300 people here, and you tell me that there are 150, and yeah. you're lying to me, and yeah. you're taking that much money out of my pocket. Yeah. You got to have – I'll pay someone 50 bucks yeah. and a free it bar. It sucks to have to, have to be there. the dick. It at does. Your own show. It really does. That's what I hire tour manager for. Yeah. But yeah, it's crazy. I've also uh, there's a new phenomenon that's been going on for the last five years or so, where clubs are incorporating house costs into the what they're charging the band. Oh yeah. And so that's paying for the sound guy, and that's paying for the door guy. There's a couple places I play that do that, and I don't yeah, understand. That's pretty... I don't understand how they get away with that yeah. because you're gonna have to have that regardless right so why am i paying for it in a lot of places i've heard of them doing the sound i haven't necessarily heard of the door but still it's getting more and more popular that way and there's a there's a place in fort worth it's like a they'll they'll do like a upfront like 200 dollars. it's like five oh damn to pay the sound guy and the two door guys yeah fuck that yeah it's crazy but it's like a good place to play yeah and you know there were times where we've put you know, three, 400 people in there. And yeah. so I get paid well, and then yeah. I've got to take this chunk off the top of it. I'm yeah. Just going, it's like a why third am I paying for yeah, like, Why am I paying for this? I don't yeah. understand. You know, if that's the case, I'll bring my own sound guy and I'll pay him out of my own pocket and it'll be cheaper than what you're charging me for this sound. Right. Guy. And, and he'll still probably make more and he'll, yeah. And, and it'll be <laughs> like fun. the bar is still keeping the, yeah. some of that doorman cut. I'm sure it's crazy. It's yeah. weird. It's but they can just they can just do that and yeah. there's no there's no regulation saying that they can't. Yeah. In Denton we've kinda got it we've we're able to waive that at a lot of places, but 
the house cost. Yeah. Well, cause they know it'll do well. Like you that's know. an overhead. That's like paying your bartenders. That's like me being responsible for paying out your bartenders. Right. Like that sounds <laughs> dumb, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But, but there, the sound guy's an employee of the bar yeah. too. Like, well guys, uh, a hundred of it goes towards rent. Um. Yeah, there's, this is going fifty of it's going to our electric there, there bill because you're using electricity to plug your instruments in, so yeah. you got to pay for that. Like that sounds that sounds outlandish to me. Yeah. Why would I Why would I pay out your waitresses? But I But I But it's okay to pay out your door guy. Like, what's right. the difference? You're hi, You're hiring him. Like, why I am t- I paying? I'll for tip him. him. Yeah. I'm gonna pay for all of it though. No. Yeah, it's weird. But you know that's the way that things are going. A lot of those places do that to cover their own. To cover their own losses. I'm sure there's a lot of losses. You know. Yeah, but you, there's a there's got to be a better way to go about it. Yeah. Because then you're you're putting all of the risk on the band, and zero risk on the club. Right. Like if what if what so if I played not like what if I had five hundred dollars house costs and I didn't make five hundred dollars? Am I paying them out of my pocket? No. Right. Like there's no way I'm doing that. You're not gonna stick me with a bill. Right. At the end of the, you know what I mean. So a lot of times they'll just waive it. Well, no, case, they'll just, you just won't make any money. Yeah. They'll just take it and then they'll pay the rest of it out of their own pocket. Yeah. But like, that doesn't make sense either. Yeah. Like if we made 400 bucks off the door, that's not a whole lot. Give but, me some of it. But yeah, <laughs> you know, give me something. Don't take all of it. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, I don't know. That's, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. There's a lot of weird stuff like that that happens that I've come across being on the road in different parts of the country do different things. Like in California, when you go out there, like in the LA area, the Bay area, you are responsible for basically renting the room. Yeah, we've played out there quite a bit, and we we usually come home empty-handed. It's weird. <laughs> You're basically yeah. paying them to rent the yeah. room and then paying for all of the sound and, and everything and then hoping you sell enough tickets to break even. Yeah. Well, a lot of times we'll just get on shows that are already happening, but, yeah, there's usually not, not much to go around at no. the end of the night. No. No, I quit doing shows like that a long time ago. Yeah. Um, because first of all, I run an eight-piece band, and I'm not—I have to pay those guys. And you need it done your way. Like, yeah, that's understandable. And I, but I have to pay those guys whether or not we make any money. Yeah. And so, I got to the point where if we weren't making enough money for me to at least cover the band, it yeah. wasn't worth even getting out of bed for. Right. So I had to get—I had to do away with a lot of those places, and I'd tell them straight up. I'd yeah. say, look, because you're not. You're, it, it's rare you're going to get seven people on the same page as you that that are like, yeah, this will be really good promotion right. for in the long <laughs> run. Like, yeah, they don't give a fuck no, about that. No, they don't. Yeah. I'm yeah. hiring them. They yeah. they they're employees. You know, yeah, I don't I don't look at it that way, but yeah. that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. And and then you go, okay, well, I need at least eight hundred dollars on this gig, and they go, eight hundred dollars. This this band plays for four hundred dollars. I go, well, they're not as good as we are. So if you want a good band with a good draw, right, you'll hire us. Well, we don't. We don't eight hundred dollar guarantee. That's too right. much. And it's like, well, I'm not gonna do it then. Yeah. I've 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 burned bridges with with venues that I used to do for four hundred or three hundred or whatever, and now I now I charge a thousand or whatever. Y'all are playing for like a couple hours and shit, huh? Yeah, yeah, probably two hours at the most. Yeah, see, yeah, you're gonna hate me. Sometimes, like, we can get away with uh, charging like, I don't know. We can use, sometimes if we don't really know the promoter. And they're just aimlessly hitting us up. We can usually get a couple hundred for like a twenty minute set. Yeah, but in hip hop, they're doing that thing where they're trying to book a lot of people right. on that night. Right. So I'm like, well, yeah, we'll do twenty minutes, but yeah. you know, 
we're still going to need X amount of dollars. Yeah. And a lot of times they're cool with it. You know, got to be worth it. Well, you but, guys have a name and yeah. you've, you've created that for yourself, that brand for yourself. But yeah, we're, when, when we do that, it's, we're upwards of two hours of yeah. pretty much all original music. And, you know, we, we did pretty well for a while. We were making pretty good money, but you know, there's still those places that they want you to come in. The, what kills me is the, the new places and they want you to come in on a Wednesday, like in, Nashville or like in Memphis or somewhere. And right. Like, they want you to come in on a Wednesday and play and see if they like you. And then they'll give you a date. And it's like, yeah. well, I'm I live gonna, in Texas. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I'm, we're good enough. I promise. Yeah. Like, that's weird. Is that a, is that a scene you've uh, played in Nashville? Yeah. I've played in Nashville a bunch of times. I love Nashville. Honestly, I, I love it as a city. I wouldn't want to be personally a working musician in Nashville, like a Nashville right only working musician right if i were in a band that were touring and it didn't matter where i lived that'd be I, somewhere heart, you would you would try to go every oh, time that's yeah. where I, well, I would live there in yeah. a heartbeat yeah. i love it as a city it's a great city right um but to make a living in the way that i make a living now up there is almost impossible because i rely on i'm an original artist i do mostly original music i do a lot of covers if i need to but i right i promote myself as an original artist that doesn't exist up there until you get on an, on a on a touring level, national touring level, they're not interested in that. They're kind not interested, of thing. and so you have to play all these bars on Broadway Street. Yeah, Bar- your barbecue restaurants. Yeah, and, and you're playing for four hours. There's four slots playing a day. Stevie Wonder four over and four over. hour slots. But no, not even that. You have to know just what anyone's walks in, what they want to hear. Yeah. Basically, you're just a jukebox, you're like a piano bar. Yes, much. and and they're playing for sometimes fifty bucks a man. Yeah, but they rely on getting tips. So if you if you're not from there and you go in and they they'll talk to you and they will say, hey, how you doing? Where are you from? And you have any requests? And you have, you say, well, I want to hear this song. And then they all know it. Everyone has to <laughs> know it. Sugar Ray. And they'll do it. <laughs> Seriously, so weird, if you give dude. them ten bucks, they'll play it. I yeah. guarantee you, go to any bar on Broadway at three o'clock in the afternoon, and ask for Sugar Ray song, and I guarantee you put ten bucks in their tip jar. I guarantee they'll play it. Be- That's what they have to do though. And then so they don't get to do very much original music. And that right. doesn't sound very appealing to me. I, right. I toyed around with the idea I was offered a spot in a band that does that. They do about five of them a week. You make fifty bucks to seventy five bucks flat for the four hour gig. You get two ten minute breaks and you just pretty much have to learn about four hundred songs that are cover songs. Yeah. And you just play. Yeah, and hope that you get enough tips that everyone can leave with at least a hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things like I touched on earlier about living here that that's kind of appealing to me that I can just I can make so much shit. I have I have the time to work on music every day of my life. Yeah, know? absolutely. And there's places for me to perform uh, and get paid, and I don't know. It, it's a totally different scene. Yeah, going on the road seems cool, but it's like I I want. I want it to be done right. Yeah. Before just before just leaving leaving this good thing we have here. That, yeah. That you may think's not such a good thing because you're so used to it, but right. When I take take a look at it and like, man, I have the opportunity to, you know, rent a studio for yeah. the price that I do and work on my music every day, and that's that's real appealing to me. You know. Yeah, I agree. Because there's people I know that are like out in LA or you know some of these bigger cities, and they're not you know they're not really doing anything like that. I'm not doing. Yeah, you know what I'm saying sure financially yeah. or whatever. Yeah, the only uh, 
appealing side of being in a place like that, LA or Nashville or New York, would be just that there's so much more opportunity. Yeah, there, to you. Yeah, there's more. There's more of like a. Uh, how do you say it? There's more photographers and videographers and yeah, and there's licensing more, opportunities. And, well, yeah, yeah, there's more. I can see that need but. for it, but at the same time, there's a way more musicians out there. Yeah, than there are and here. it's like how hard, <laughs> how hard are you going to pursue that out there? Like, yeah, because there's a, there's you know a there's, lot of people that that I don't think are you know doing anything much much bigger. Yeah, that are in those cities, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and there's only X amount of spots to fill, and there's a way more people trying to get all get that same spot you're trying to get. Right. You know, so it's a different it's a different culture, but you know it has its it has its place. I would love to live in L.A. I don't yeah. really care for for L.A. as a as a as a those two were very contradictory statements that I just made. <laughs> not I would like to live in L.A. but not be a musician. Yeah, it it would be nice to live if you, if you were on that level, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not trying to like just move there for the sake of moving there and like right. have to wait tables again or right. You know, yeah, I don't want to do that because a lot of I feel like a lot of people you you have to do that out there because the living cost and all that. Right, and every every waiter is a actor. Right, and a musician. Like being in Austin, like everyone's a musician. In right, it's like okay, we get yeah. it. Every waiter's trying to hand yeah. me their demo. It's like, all right, man, I get it. Yeah, I don't know. Especially, like, I don't know. I'm sure the hip-hop scene's tough to tap into out there. So, like like you're saying, I'm sure there's so many so many dudes out there doing it that I'm like, yeah. who, who the fuck are you? Like, yeah, But you don't have to anymore. That's yeah. the thing is that you can get on YouTube and you can right. put all – you can make – you can pay – there are video production dudes around here that are good – and you can have some cool stuff made, and you can learn how to do it yourself. Even do right. your own thing, right? And put stuff, put put so much content on YouTube and Facebook and whatever, you know, just yeah. increase your visibility that way. And that's you're not going to be any worse off than someone who lives out there, right? That's just going around from place to open mic to open mic trying to get discovered or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? I I'd venture to say you're better off paying doing that. fucking twenty bucks to play an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I would venture to say that you're probably better off just making YouTube videos and yeah. and putting out good content and having the having the facility that you have like this studio yeah. Yeah. to make good content that you believe yeah. in that's not yeah. costing you an arm and a leg and affording you the the time and the opportunity to do it. Right. You're probably way better off doing right. that. Then yeah, moving out I'm, there. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to go out there like if I already have the money. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> like, already. But then why would you at that point? You know, yeah. unless you just wanted to for the beach. That would be the <laughs> man. It is pretty out there, yeah. but that would be the reason you go at that point, not because you have to. Right. You know. Yeah. It's so it's it's one of those tricky things. You don't know till you till you do it. But yeah, yeah. I'm too, I'm too much of a, of a pansy to just uproot myself from yeah. this scene. I've I've. Situated myself in this scene to where I make a pretty good amount of money. Yeah, by myself, and it would be hard to just all those connections. Yeah, and then I gotta go somewhere and be a nobody for a year. Yeah, that sucks. I don't have the wherewithal to do that. Yeah, my mom's still out here too. So there you go. That helps. That does help. Say what's up to her. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, it's an interesting time to be a musician. I enjoy it as much as I don't enjoy it, but. It's just a wild west industry right now, yeah. and there's a million different ways to make a living. Guys like you and me being just doing producing, 
creating music, podcasts, doing podcasts, <laughs> even though this doesn't pay anything <laughs> yet. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to give me money, feel free yeah. to do that. Everyone in LA out there listening. Yeah. Yeah. Give me, we need some sponsors. Give me money. Uh, but yeah, but I think that's a pretty good place to wrap it up. Okay. Cool. Do you, uh, want to promote anything else? I know you, you said you have the show coming up on the 7th. Yeah. January 7th. It'll be uh fab deuce and South Paul preachers. Um, at, at Andy's. Andy's. So it'll the, be remodeled by them. Yeah, the uh, first their first show is New Year's Eve. So it'll be the pretty much the first week of the uh new new sound, new stage, new lights, uh great. new new bar. They pretty much pimp my ride. <laughs> pretty much did the whole thing. Exhibits heading the heading right. up the whole thing. Yeah. So there's that <laughs> um and again my my album No Hitter uh that just came out in August. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm pushing right now. So what uh, did you release it just as as Pudge Brewer? Just Pudge. Just Pudge. Yeah. Yeah. So Pudge no hitter. It's on a uh, Spotify. <laughs> so I'm trying to get <laughs> trying to give me some of them pennies. Well, yeah, micro pennies. Mm, let me know. But uh, yeah, that <laughs> new Fab Deuce shit coming in January too. So cool. Awesome. That should well, be it. Yeah. Well, make sure to check all that out. Thanks for doing this with me. Yeah, I've definitely, man. Enjoyed uh, talking with you a whole Glad lot. We actually made it happen. Yeah. A lot, that, of, a lot of times you reach out to people for stuff like this, and it just kind of doesn't work. But yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy to have a pretty broad variety of people yeah. on, and I I embrace yeah. the different facets. Is we're all doing the yeah. same thing. All it took was I was at the bar and I saw you post something else again. And I'm like, yeah. I'd been drinking. I'm like, all right. Let's schedule it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Yeah. yeah. Well, so thanks for being here. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to subscribe. And uh, I guess that's it. We'll catch you next time. Cool.